Hey, folks, no, actually, I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> There's our intro. <laughs> just being, just being a con, sorry. I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave that in. Yeah, oh, no. I'm going to leave that in. It's the show with the bullshit that I have to deal with on a monthly basis. You're um, laughing. <laughs> right, folks, welcome to the latest episode of Podcast Dungeons Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, no. Um... Tom is back. There he is. In the by magic. I haven't figured out where he's going to be on the thing yet, so he's in one of these things. So that's, that's where Wayne, Wayne is. Over here. here. I can't remember what side it's on. So Wayne yeah. is here. We'll see Wayne what happens. We'll figure it out. This is kind of like a dysfunctional Brady Bunch at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Tom is back, but Naomi is not with us, but they will be with us later on in the game. Um, because Very soon, actually. Stuff to, very soon, hopefully. Um, so, folks, welcome. Um, we're going to go over a quick recap of the episode very, very shortly. But first, I want to give a shout out to our very, very good sponsor. They've been with us since nearly all of this campaign, and they've been phenomenal. Uh, Dublin City Comics, who, um, during all the bullshit that we've had to deal with over the last couple of months, they have been constantly there for everyone on, in the nerd scene. So they need to get a big shout out. They're still operating via their website at the moment, DublinCityComics.ie. Yeah. And you can go on there and order anything from their store and they will deliver it to your door. I recently got my own personal monthly delivery from all of their goodness, which included um, a copy of, of the book that we're giving away on this episode. So the prizes that we're going to announce the winners of on this episode, thanks to Dublin City Comics, they're going to get, one of them is going to get a copy of The Descent into Avernus, and one of them is going to get a copy of Explorers Got the Wildman, which we will send in the post to them um, once we announce it and once they're aware of it. And... Um, now, the prize for this month's episode, we'll be asking the question of, at the break, is a copy of the brand new Icewind Dale uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. It's a bit of a draw on the cover, if you can see it there, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Dumb City Comics for this. We are giving away this book in this episode. It is a fantastic book. Uh, Icewind Dale is, a, is, a, is a, a very famous location within the world, Forgotten Realms of Guns and Dragons. Um, so um, it's, it's a great book. I think, Tom, Tom, you said you were running a campaign at the moment. I'll we'll be starting one in mid-November and waiting yes. for uh, the next book that's coming out, Tash's Cauldron of Everything. Which looks phenomenal as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the D&D have been knocking it out of the park with their books of late, and Icewind Dale is the latest one, and that is the prize that you will be giving away on this episode. Uh, and you'll get the question for that one at the break. So, um, without further ado, thanks again to Dublin City Comics. Go check them out, dubbincitycomics.ie. All the information is below. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's below, and all the information down there, and um, all of our all of our stuff is on there. So you can just click on it, go straight to their website, and check out all the goodies that they have. They also do direct orders as well. You can message them through social media, and you can ask for orders now. Given that it's coming up for Christmas, it might be a bit difficult to get certain things, but do reach out to them. They are still operating. They are still sending stuff out. Um, They're very quick as well, which is they awesome. are very quick. Uh, I ordered. My if stuff they on. don't have what you're looking for on the website, ring them, message yeah. them. Because they're there and willing to help. Yeah, big time. Um, so, without further ado, we're going to recap what has been happening so far in the campaign. Um, that brought Tom back into the fold. Uh, in the last episode, the group found themselves back in Terrace Moor, having to argue the innocence of some members of the group against accusations of being the cause of all the horrible shit that had happened. Um, it came to light that Vasic's Rebellion was not what he said he was. He was an absolute shite bag. 
and was pretty much responsible for a lot of crap happening and was trying to right some wrongs that he had done. Uh, it came to light that the, the kind of main villain of the piece, uh, Dillis Koval, a drow necromancer, was responsible for a lot of the bad stuff that had happened to the group and to the world around them. It also came to light that the world around them is very much a weird and unique place, as in that it's a pocket universe that has been torn apart from the main realm through an incident that took place hundreds of years ago involving Dillis Koval, Darcy Trevelyan, and their group as they tried to quell the coming of power of a minor deity in their universe. It then forced this particular pocket universe to be created and everyone that was in it and was born in it then are none the wiser of the situation until now. The group only found this out. While all of this was going on, the Viceroy, Arjun Karak the Black the Third, turned out to be a kind of a not so much a soldier, but a spy for the for Dilskobal within the realm in the city of Terrasmore. Um, a, a small fight ensued where his main bodyguard um, took up arms against Aratir, who Bro. who um, basically, along with the help of some of the party members, took the Goliath, the female Goliath, down, and surprisingly was given the mantle of captain. <laughs> given the mantle of captain of the guards because they basically that individual was the captain of the guards and because they Arthur took him took them out took up the mantle and um, so now burdened with that role the following morning the group awake from their in their respective rooms um and Arthur is kind of summoned forward to the battlements because there apparently is something outside the city uh, making her way with Codeine in tow, if I'm not mistaken, um, making her way to the battlements, you soon discover that it is a large regiment of warrior monks led by your former group member, Talazar Wynn, who looks very different to the last time you saw him. The last time you saw Talazar, he had been um, injured by Vestibus, mm-hmm. uh, the former king of Terrace Moor. And thrown through and a portal. And the best of us. Yeah, and the best of us. And <laughs> um, thrown through a portal. And as far as you were aware, left for dead. I think. Um, I think you had. He had been. He had been scried upon by at the request of the group by um, Dastard Trevelyan. And you saw him in a large tower, um, seemingly a prisoner of some cloaked individual. But now, as you see him leading this legion of warrior monks. He is healed, he is looking strong, and where his arm used to be before it was ripped from its socket by Vestibus, you see a prosthetic, what looks like a kind of a, a white material arm with, with runes engraved across it. As he sits atop a horse at the front of this, and he's gesturing to you as he sees you on the battlements, and then gesturing to the monks, claiming that they are there to help with the current situation. And that is where we are picking up in this month's episode. <laughs> no! Aratir, Cody, and obviously Talazar are all together in this general vicinity, in that area. At the battlements, you are looking down and you see this, like, not, not so much, you're, you're looking at about maybe a hundred warrior monks, which is right. a, a formidable force. Yeah. Um, 
100 wire monks at their head is Talatar on horseback as he gestures to you and on the battlements. And uh, this is what Arthur and Codine see. I'm going to gesture back. <laughs> as you can see, I'm very much alive. Yeah, I think... Um, so we're obviously up on the battlements, so we'd have to yell at him. So I think, I think we need to invite him in and catch up on where he's been. Yeah. Okay. And, and catch him up on our events. Okay. So, um, so please arrange for that uh, gentleman on the horse to be uh, brought into the courtyard so we can have the chats. You turn and there's a, there, the guards are behind you and they're all kind of looking on, looking over the battlements in surprise and looking at you. And I, to, yeah, I'm going to assure them he's a friend as far as we know <laughs> at the moment. One of the one of the, the female guards um, just kind of snaps to attention and she kind of boom, she's like, um, as you wish, and she gestures and is like, open the gates, open the gates, um, and you look down as as a, as, a, as a group of of guards rush forward and start. There was kind of like not so much debris, but there was like um, large giant planks of wood pressed up against the doors to keep them closed, and they start to move stuff across and and, and lift off uh, any kind of. Anything that was blocking the doorway, and the doors <laughs> these large doors into Terrace Moor start, slowly start to open. Um, Talazar, from your standpoint, from your, where you are on horseback, you look over to your left, and you can see that these large doors, which were previously closed, um, and from your point of view, you see that there's large pot marks and burn marks and scrapes across them, as if somebody's been trying to bust through them. And um, you see them start to slowly move open. Um, I jump off the horse and lead, and I walk in, leading the horse and leading okay. the rest of the, the group. Um, you make your way down across and into the, the main doorway, and as you get closer, you see it. It's, it's a huge gateway. It's one of the main gateways into Terrace Moor. And you do, as you get closer to this this large kind of like area, you see that the, the stonework and the the door, the wooden of the wood of the door, these large, large doors, has been heavily damaged, but not completely busted in. Um, large gash marks lay across with big pot marks of where say it looks like um, there's been magical discharges uh, trying to blow holes in it and there's, there are craters and pot marks and, and, and scrapes and, and gouges into it and um, clearly there was something trying to push its way in and um, you slowly lead your horse in and the, as the doors are apart in front of you you see guards uh, lining either side of it some of them the, 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 the def, definite tension in their stance as they're standing there kind of at guard um, their hands um, shielding most of their uh, offhand and then a, a large spear in their main hand. Um, some of them are wearing helms, some of them are wearing large full pieces of armour, some of them aren't, some of them are wearing leather gherkins, um, some of them are, are wearing kind of leather caps that definitely looks like this is a ragtag bunch to you. Um, mixed of locals that are armoured up and then guards that are kind of making up the numbers. Um, you make your way in and into the group and you see then up to the up to your right up up on kind of a, a long stone staircase that leads up to the main battlements you look up and you see Aaron here and Cody. Um, can we make our way down and have a, yeah have a word. Where's um can I ask Ogan, Loran and uh, Norman, are they still in their rooms? Um this last you saw that's where they would have been, yes. Yeah. I mean, they haven't I it's quite early in the morning at this point. So you yeah. you, you Codeine had come to your room in the evening yeah. time and you'd spent the evening pouring yeah. over the, the captain of the guards manuals yeah. and the diaries and battle plans. Um because up to the point of where you fought that individual, they were in charge of all of this and they were running the show, but um 
that's what you would spend the evening doing that while yeah. Cody had stayed up in your room and drank booze and probably yeah. slept in the corner. A snifter, a mere snifter. A mere snifter. If <laughs> Cody was a bit, a bit shook because, actually, that's one thing I forgot to say. You had chased Arjun Carrick the Black, yourself and Norman had chased him down. And um, he took his own life in mid-fight because of a sense of desperation seemed to overtake him. And in the explosion, you were knocked back and knocked straight unconscious and came very close to death with no yeah, help I... from Norman whatsoever. It took Ogan's quick thinking to make his way after, after fight, wondering where you were, making his way to you and resurrecting you and bringing you back. Uh, I it's our Halloween episode, so some of us are in costume. I came as Codeine from the last episode. Um, Ryan is dressed as Norman, a streetwise teen. So I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely a lot hairier than last um, we were on. So which is fitting. There we go. Ryan just looks like a, a like a, a not that I know much about this, but he looks like a like a shit wrestler. Me, <laughs> thanks. I wouldn't want to mess with him. Yeah, no, Ryan, does Tom, Tom just looks like Tom. There's Tom. Yeah, oh, there's your Tom. beard has grown in a fair bit, Tom. Fair play. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, impressive. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, right now, Ryan just looks like a moody wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jill right. looks like uh, Jill looks like someone's doing Thorgy Thor dirty. Uh, Stevie Hicks. Editing. Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, it was Stevie Hicks. Yeah, anyway, so... Um, so Codeine is it, the last we saw Codeine Codeine was, was wrestling with kind of like shit I nearly died so you're kind of hanging close to Aratir at this point um, mm. but yeah you can make your way down to, to, to Talazar as he enters in through the city yeah. Yeah. as you get close you notice that his, his robes are clean and pristine and different to what he had on them before and as you get close you, you know, notice I imagine kind of like blues and kind of greys different, and... different shades of blues and greys as they kind of uh, um, whereas before it was more of a simple cloth, this seems more impressive. And uh, his arm, as you get closer, you notice that it seems to be made of some form of kind of it. it almost looks like porcelain. Um, and the engravings, the the engravings on it um, are archaic runes. Seem to like even at this distance, as you come down the steps and you're coming closer to them, they do seem to give off this kind of a greenish type of glow. Um, and it's intriguing to see this, the last you saw him, he was near death's door. Now it seems like a whole different person. Wow! So I'm gonna go up to Talazar and I just say, straight up, give rap Codeine and Arakian <laughs> in a hug. <laughs> Talazar, you look good. Where have you been? Where have you been? We've plenty of time for that. We've um, we've come to help. So good to see you. Thanks Where did you get you. an army? It's uh, it, it's been a long journey. It's been a long story. Something I think uh-huh. we should have a chat in this in in private. Okay. Get some tea, talk. Are we your, can exchange stories. Is your army going to set up camp outside or? If there's room for them here, please make room. If not, I can arrange. For th- room for them, Wayne. If there's room for them here, <laughs> we can we can accommodate. But we're happy to set up outside if there's not plenty in, in the city. Well, there's a lot of people who have it as well, so presumably they're... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, um, like you were, like, last night you would have known, after going over the um, the documentation that you had and the books and everything from the, the captain of the guards, who seemed to be extremely angry with the attendant, they kept a note of everything. 
Um, That's good for Arthur, who kind of doesn't really know what she's doing. Yeah, so you're catching up on a lot of things. You're aware of the numbers that have been lost in within the, the ranks of the guards. Yeah. And uh, you know that there are dwellings um, up kind of at the, the, the western side of this particular uh, district in the city that would house some of the guards that are no longer alive. So um, given the numbers of monks, um, if you want them to enter, they're all still outside, uh, outside, standing at a perfect attention, serene, calm. Um, you are aware that from what you remember, right, what you recollect of what you've read the night before, that there are guard barracks smattered throughout the city that can house these individuals. Um, currently, okay. as it stands right now, where you are, um, the guard numbers aren't, aren't, aren't as diminished as they were. This is one of the more sturdier areas that, that stayed active during whatever attack happened, because you still, even though, Arthur, you will have known, reading up on what has happened and what attacked the city, which we'll get into in a wee while, um, uh, you know that that's where you'd be able to come. Okay. I am going to instruct one of the more senior guards who's with me to um, organize with one of Talazar's uh, senior monks to um, get the guys inside as many of them as possible and housed with our people and <laughs> fed if needs be. Yeah, I send uh, an instruction out to my one of the the leader uh, leading monks there, Garvis. Okay. Just to let him know to okay. bring him in. So the um, the monk comes in and uh, kind of nods, and uh, one of the, the guards that you back into our uh, um, comes down. You notice it's the same female guard that kind of stood with attention when you told that Talas are in. She she makes her way down, and um, kind of nods and gives a salute to the, the monk, and they both make their way out and start clearing the way so the monks can make their way into the city and this is all happening all at once you're all grouped together and the monks start to make their way in and up and you see that the guards are being they're directing them to where the barracks would be and the the kind of the group you see that the populace that are in this particular area have started to gather and are in awe of these like something they haven't seen before clearly these kind of like stoic um, poised monks making their way to the city silently. Like it's not as if this is a troop marching. There's no large clang of armor and then clashing of swords and, and shields. They they are practically just they're soft-footed monks making their way as they they kind of you see the stream of hundreds of monks making their way into the city and siphoning off into the areas that they're being directed to. Um, without without merely a word out of their mouth. I'm gonna run up a couple of the steps beside us so that I can see everybody and make a very short little announcement to the people gathering to say, essentially, these monks are here to help us. Please make them welcome. Um, do not be afraid. They're on our side. Um, as you do this, the kind of the, some of the people are looking up at you and they're kind of in confusion. Some of them, there's recognition on some of their faces, but not all of their faces, because you, you, like, you, literally you've only been in this position less than 12 hours. And it's like, some of them are like, yeah, what's it, bitch? But it's like, uh, <laughs> Uh, they're looking, some of them kind of nod, and there's kind of relief on some faces, and worry still on some others. Um, including including mine, because, <laughs> you know, I'm all about Talazar, but I'm still a little uh, uh, reticent about having lots and lots of armed strangers around. Um, their, their hands are their arms. Are their, yeah. uh, <laughs> hands are oh, their yeah, weapons. yeah. 
so uh, the the monks start to siphon off and the, the, they start the numbers start to dwindle as they come to the end of it. A good 10-15 minutes, they're all kind of in and the, the doors are then and the barricades are then put back up. And it's you've been here now in total about a half an hour, and the, the, the morning sun is starting to creep up in the sky. You can see people are starting to stoke fires and start cooking breakfast. The smell of, of cooked meat starting to fill the air. Uh, and kind of like peed. it's it, at this time of year it is it's it's actually getting to the more wintry part of the year so the, the sun is quite low in the sky and there is a sharpness to it um, and and the, the, there's a briskness to the air as well and the kind of guards that mill about and start preparing for group meals and you see that there are actual inhabitants of the area starting to line up and you notice that there are actual kind of like food halls and um, kind of to, to feed the poor and the destitute in this area have been set up by the guards to keep the populace safe and fed. Um, as much as the, the hospitality that there is, it is renowned in Tarasmore. So what do the group want to do now? I think we need to make our way back to the main building and have that tea Talazar was talking about. Yes, um, tea, what a novel idea. We <laughs> amongst ourselves and catch up and maybe um, wake up the other three amigos. Okay, so you start to make your way back up into the, the main uh, area, which is close to the hall that you're in, which is the the, the, the kind of the base of operations for everything that's going on here. I'm where you had that fight earlier on. I turn to Cody and as we're walking, and I say, I wonder, do we catch up ourselves first, or do we bother informing the council as yet? I, w- I would prefer to hear Chalazar's story ourselves. First. Seconded. Okay. I agree. So you make your way up, and um, the, okay. the morning sun is, is is starting to creep up into the sky and and, and pierce the kind of the morning dew and fog. I'm going to switch to Norman and Loran to see what they are doing at the moment. So, Norman, what are yourself and Loran up to? Uh, Loran, what time is it? It's it's about it's about half eight in the morning now at this point. It was quite early when 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 Aratir was walking. Loran is still asleep. Um. And Norman is uh, sitting hunched in the corner, uh, watching him sleep. That's all you're doing? Yep. Like cool. a gargoyle. Just sitting on a chair, just just perched and just watching. We call that move the twilight. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign of love. <laughs> that face was extra, extra effective, Kim, with that makeup. Yeah, because uh, they've, they've gotten tired. They got tired of uh, of hijinks. Of, uh, yeah, of hijinks. They got tired of doing uh, knickknacks and. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Tom. They were doing magic knickknacks. Yeah. Magic, magic knickknacks on Dacia Trevelyan, <laughs> who was who was getting no sleep whatsoever, not because of his guilt or anything, because he was shamed by people, but because at they twenty at twenty minute intervals, so we never got any REM sleep. No, like, like about to have a nervous breakdown. I'm a small, angry baby. And we we ordered we ordered like a bunch of pizzas to his room under his name. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I imagine there was probably some drama there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, at the moment, um, I don't, I don't know that. Yeah, like I said, Loran is definitely still asleep, like one hundred percent. Half eight in the morning for sure. Yeah, Loran will be yeah, sure. Like Loran's not waking up until noon, and. Um, I don't know that uh, that 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 Norman has uh, like he, I, I'm very much still in the thought process of 
okay, the original, the original like eight plans don't work now. So, what what is my easiest way to leave here now, without any without drawing? So I'm probably just sitting it. That I am hunched in the corner, but I'm just pensive. I'm just pensive. thinking okay. about the best way to leave. Cool. Um, Ogan, what is Ogan doing? He's still outside in the hall, asleep. Yeah, you went to sleep in the hallway. You you were woken by by a very disgruntled um, kitchen servant who was delivering pizzas at about 3 a.m. this morning. Um, and uh, they kind of tripped over you as they walked in and kind of was like, what the? Who left the bloody dog in the hallway? Um, and then they got a bit freaked out and started to talk to them. Um, Did I guilt them into one of the pizzas for um, falling over me? <laughs> Roll a persuasion check and see if you got yourself a pizza. <laughs> this is this is the type of shit we roll um, for. What's it done off again? Persuasion? Oh yeah. Charisma. Charisma. Uh, charisma. Oh, my charisma is not that. Uh, give me a sec. I do have the character. Your charisma. Your charisma is minus one. <laughs> <laughs> I got a seven. seven. I rolled an eight, so I got a seven. You got so, a seven. Um, they kind of. They were. They. They kind of. They were like. Um, no. You. Have to, we don't. No! And he kind of went back and knocked on the door, and Dastus Trevelyan, in, in a bluster of anger, was like, What? 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 Oh, is somebody actually here? Um, what, what do you want? He's like, Did you order these pizzas? Did I order what? Um, no, take them away! And do not knock on this door again! And as the servant was going past, he kind of like, "Well, you better want have one now." And he just throws one at your feet and just keeps walking. We, I leave the pizza and go back to bed. You get rejected. Go back pizza. to sleep. You go back to sleep. So at half eight in the morning, then after consuming your tray and pizza, <laughs> still in a kind of a, a dull coma, are you awake or are you getting up or what do you do? It's so unusual to be. Um, I think I'm going to sleep for a bit longer until. Yeah, because there's not. Usually we get called or something, so, you know. Well, I mean, someone's going to fall over you eventually again because you're in the hallway. Yeah. Um, okay, that's grand. So if you're asleep, Norman is being pensive, Lorana's sleeping, so we'll switch back to the other three who have now uh, made their way into the main base of operations and are seated at a table at the top of the room. And uh, one, of the, one of the kitchen servers is bringing you a selection of teas and, and kind of a, a coffee like substance and some morning pastries and meats. I'm um, I'm going to gesture to one of the servants, probably not the kitchen staff, and ask them if they could arrange to uh, get our the rest of our party here, because uh, Ogan would be real upset if he missed out on the food. <coughs> That's fine. Um, the conversation as well. I look at I look at Tal or Arthur and say all of our party. Do we need all of our party for this? Do you, re do you really want another piece of resentment that they'll have against you if we don't involve them? I mean, I don't know why I keep caring about this, but okay. What's okay. the latest amongst so, so you, um, the, the, the one of the one of the kind of the not the maids of the room, but she's like she's known as a kind of a, a gopher in in the, in the kind of the, the main area. Comes in, like, and we can arrange for them to be woken. Yes, um, and. Have them brought here or make them aware that you're here and have to come down? Uh, yes, please. Um, tell them um, Tell them our friend Talazar is here and we need their presence. And also, there's breakfast. 
and she, and she kind of she's wiping her hands on the bottom of her apron and she and she kind of like has, seems to have been working um, in the kitchen as well. And um, that's no problem. We can arrange for that to be done. Um, they should be here shortly. And she kind of cleans her hands and heads off. Um, so you're left in the three of you with your breakfasts in front of you and your different beverages. Um, what do you want to talk about? Good to see you both. You both look good. Cody, in fact, does not look good. <laughs> Cody looks like he's still recovering from being nearly dead. Well, uh, I wouldn't be able to tell that straight off, would I? Um, no, an insight check. That's not bad. Let's see now, eighteen. Eighteen. When you you look at Cody, and you're kind of you're half thinking it's either morning and Cody is not a morning person, or some something bad happened to her recently, and she's still recovering from it. She looks like she's been through, like. The, the wars as as it is. Um Arthur less so. Arthur's still in her, her captain of the of the guard armor and um, pristine, clean, and you notice like it's it's compared to what she was wearing, but you notice that there is a bit of a mishmash of her old armor and there is the, the spiked shoulder pad is now part of her new captain of the guard, sleek captain of the guard armor. Um, having ale for breakfast, so that's a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> something. I have a slightly, I have a slightly haunt, uh, haunted expression since we went to my home place that time. But yeah. uh, but apart from that, but uh, I'm going to turn it back on you, Talazar. You look good for someone who got sucked through a portal without an arm. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of uh, changes, a lot of new things that have come to light for me, and that I think will be the be- to the benefit of the entire group and to the wider uh, world really I think we, can we start small where did you go I I went through blackness and I went through darkness and came to be in the presence of my former liege who you think is an enemy but really they're not um, oh. Festivus is not who you think he is. I'll say no more until the rest of the group are here, but he is not the enemy in this fight. Okay. This is why I think my side of the story should be told in very quiet privacy, away from prying years within the walls of Terrace Moor. Okay. Now, members of our party are not necessarily the brightest. So if you're, I mean, we've been, there have been some, uh, there have been some strife at times. Hopefully. Or unearned. Hopefully what we fight against can unite us all again. Okay. Okay. If it's as big as you say, and if your army is, is needed, then. Maybe. They're a failsafe. Speaking what of we her. need to do is something a bit more subtle. Okay. okay. Cody, can you roll an insight check for me, please? Oh, me. Okay, sorry. Because yeah. you, like, just you have got the highest passive insight. In the I do. So I just want to, <laughs> Not like that, I here. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just rolled it too, baby. So that's okay. six. So 
even with your passive insight, with, even with that role, um, from what you can gather from, from Talazar's demeanor and from his the way he's holding himself, he seems to be telling you the truth. This is okay. what you, you can garner yourself. This is just you. So in the back of your head right. as you're sitting there, kind of listening to what he's saying, he seems to be truthful. Okay. All right. Um, the, the place where I went back, I regained memories of my past life. My, my memories left me as a result of staring into something I shouldn't have stared into um, <gasps> nigh on a hundred years ago. And oh, wow. as a result, I lost and forgot my my past as a cleric. I was once a cleric, a a, a, a follower of Cord, the Stormlord. The runes you see on my arm, they're, they're, they're his runes, they're his powers that now course back through me. But through my time away, it allowed me the ability to recuperate and to relearn and combine those powers with my abilities now as a monk. First time we met you, you didn't have all those memories. No. They and were vague, so they were fleeting. But I have them now. And what incarnation of you did we meet? <laughs> and what incarnation of you did Dacius Trevelyan manage to uh, talk into the quest? Well, the, both are just as valid as the other. They, they, they were the same. I just happened as I didn't get a chance to explain. But I, after my accident, the, the time I spent was with a group of monks. I don't know if you can hear well, can you? That's fine. It's a very that. busy it's a very it's busy okay. courtyard. Carry on, yeah, carry yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. There's millings about and there's there's the yeah. wet nurses with the babies that were born in the mm -hmm. last couple of weeks when it's born. Stone yeah, walls okay. are not that not that stony, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> a baby's whale can penetrate all walls. <laughs> but um but what happened was I I had no memories and I found myself resting with a group of the monks that you see outside the walls. They they trained me in 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 in, in their uh, in their ways, and I for a time I, I I learned at their side, and I kind of had to be given a bit more of a slower learning than than most of the others because of the the <coughs> effects of my uh, my accident. But when Tra Dacius called for aid, he called not to me but to my master, to my um, now oh, former master. Okay, but he. He sent me as an envoy, and he thought that I was suited for the task, that it was my first time to try and step out into a wider world. But now, through our previous adventures, I know now that there's been other things that, I, that I've done in the past, almost like a past life, if you will. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. I think even those of us who have not been removed from this realm feel like they've had past lives at this point. Uh, a lot has been discovered, as we'll as we'll uh, as we'll all find out. Well, once if, our, if, if you mean to, if you mean to explain the, the the true nature of Dacius, I know enough of Dacius. I know that he seems duplicitous and seems like someone who you can't trust, but he was also 
merely trying to do his best for what he yeah. thought was right. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. mean doesn't mean that he was the right person to have done it. Um, no, I, idealists are problematic in general. Norman yeah. and Iran, or the Mor- Norman anyway, you hear dum, 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 and Ogan, you kind of stir from your sleep as you look up and at the doorway for Norman and Iran's quarters is a servant as he kind of knocks on the door and he kind of looks around, he looks down at, 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 at Ogan and he's like, are, are you one of the group? Um, the last, last time I checked, yeah, but I was asleep for eight hours so something could have happened. Well, your your compa- compatriots are gathering in the hall and they've requested your presence. Uh, Norman, the, the knocking continues. Yeah. Recall? Till Norman opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this uh, bitch. He's just like, what? Um, oh, uh, your presence has been requested by your um, traveling companions. They are gathering in the main hall. Um, a, a traveler has joined them from outside of the realm. And they have requested your presence. And apparently there's breakfast. Oh, uh, on hearing the word breakfast, I do a legger. That's all. <laughs> Ten minutes. And then you hear from inside the room, half an hour. Half an hour. <laughs> and then I cut the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, reverting back to you three then, you're chatting away, and it's been about 15, 20 minutes since you asked somebody to go get the group. And you hear it, kind of a skittering and a crashing, and off to the right hand side through a doorway, you see Ogan on all fours bounding into the room. Uh, and he kind of looks up expectantly as he sees Aratir and Cody. And then, uh, Ogan, you then clock that Talazar is sitting at the table. I'm like, when like a cat hasn't eaten for, for ages, I like go straight for the food and start eating. <laughs> Not even aware that people are there. You know, Ogan, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and do the like you know thigh tap to get you up so I can I can lift you up to the table. I'm feeling very Ogan. There's plenty for oh 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 oh, oh hi. What's <laughs> Ogan, going on? I get down on my knee and I just get ruffled the top of his head. I remember you. Wait, oh, you, you lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> you look good as well, friend. Ah, oh, thanks. Um. Ooh. What's that? Point as his new arm. That's an upgrade, no. if you will. No, that wasn't there last time we seen you. No, I seem to have uh, seem to have gained my arm back in some form. It's um, I'm not one for ma- ma- making making jokes, but uh... <laughs> that'll come in handy. Definitely. <laughs> um, so um. What brings you here? There's uh, there's things that need to be done to help right the wrongs of Dacius. Oh, the dragon guy? Yeah. What did he do now? Because he was... Well, one of his pupils is trying to basically destroy the world. We're here to help. Before you continue... You're, hang on, hang on. You're helped to, to destroy the world? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're here to save us. Nature of the information that Talazar wants to share. Can I give the nod serving staff to fuck off? <laughs> and well, there's, there's no staff, there's no serving staff around you. You're kind of up on the the raised area, up the steps that um 
So behind you will be the doorway into where uh, Arduin's old quarters will be. And right. then off to the off to the left is where the doorway is into the room that the group would have gathered previously. And you're kind of open away from the bustling of the of the main planning area. And there are people milling about, but they're they're giving you a wide berth. Um, and if you want to roll a perception check, you can see if there's anyone close by trying to listen in. That would be a four. A four. You look about, and um, there's so much going on at the moment, you can't really tell whether anyone, everyone seems to be focused on what they're doing, but yeah. you can't tell whether they're trying to, on second hand, trying to listen into to what's going on at your table. Nobody seems to be paying you much attention at the moment. Oh, um, does anyone want some, some pizza? And I take out a slice of pizza I cut <laughs> from last night. <laughs> and it's very good from... <laughs> Breakfast pizza. Breakfast pizza is great. Put it, breakfast pizza is pretty good, and there's no worms on this one. Yeah, Waste like, cold pizza, though, Ogan. Like, does he have no clothes? Or does he... so Ogan, is, Ogan is still wearing the clothes. I nearly swear he's still wearing the fancy clothes. Yeah, his yeah, fancy Dan clothes, yeah. yeah. He's but, taking that out of his little vest thing. Yeah, yeah, my little waistcoat. That was the waistcoat pizza with no worms. And then well, I got another story, with he's worms. wearing... Ogan's clothes are currently in a, in a pretty stinky state because... He's been wearing those fancy damn clothes since the banquet. So yeah, and you've been through a lot of shit since then, including <laughs> like the fucking Docklands, including the City of Bones. Including actual shit. Actual shit in, <laughs> in, 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 in the Black Asylum. So all of these clothes, they've been gathering a lot of crap. There's a lot of unidentifiable material hanging off Ogden's clothes. And his I'm sure fur. there's a bit of moss. Yeah, he's quite stinky. But uh, yeah, I've got pizza if you want it. I'm good for no, now. No, thanks, Ogan. Thanks, Ogan. Thank you, though. Okay, so, um, you all are catching up. Ogan is, is rifling into the breakfast in front of him. Um, Definitely. About, a, about 40 minutes go by. Um, and the unassuming pair of Loran and Norman make their way into the general area and look about. <laughs> 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 this, this is, yeah yeah we just kind of like wander in and then see all the crowd there and we're just like ah oh, fine so yeah we like saunter on over um give ogan the nod give uh give well uh, no don't 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 that's it just Odin the finger Loran Loran blows Loran uh, gives Aratir the the waggly eyebrows, ah. and uh, yeah, then like Nor uh, yeah, Norman's just like morning all, and then just kind of like looks at Talisar and just like new friend. <laughs> and Talisar at this point, you do not recognize Norman because Norman I is in a new know. meat sleeve, yeah. um, so you don't know who this individual is. Uh, New monk, you, unless, who this? Yeah, unless you want to roll perception to see if you pick up on whatever the fuck. His essence. His general essence and stink. Well, there's no stink. So there you go. Well, no. he's, uh, been, he's been in that body a little while now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not, not, the, not as long as he's in the original meat sleeve. Ah. Did you say perception? <laughs> perception. 17. 17. And um, after a second of just staring at, at, at Norman, even through his. Um, makeshift darkened the glasses that he seems to have gotten from somewhere and um, you kind of flick and he, you kind of go huh that's that fucking warlock motherfucker um, 
that's that Norman guy who and the last time kind of the, in the last situation that you saw each other there was some tension and there was loggerheads so you're now noticing that they're in a different body and you're like that's new what's uh, what's changed for him and I asked this to um, uh, Codeine and to Aratir Aratir I look at Aratir kind of going where do we where do we start <laughs> and Codeine is racking her brains to work out she remembered that there was major vibes between those two but I can't remember which direction it was going in so major vibes between who like oh, between a bit, like Talazar like bad vibes Talazar. between Talazar and Norman back in the day. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember who was hostile <laughs> with who, but it might have been mutual. Well, Norman's no, Norman's just hostile with everyone. Yeah, <laughs> Talazar, <laughs> Talazar wasn't happy with Norman for a brief moment. Nope. Yeah, no. So during during the uh, situation in Breshton, during the uh, kind of the uh, original attack on that, sorry, the attack on the city that swallowed it into the ground. And leading up to that, Norman and Talazar both went into what used to be the butcher shop that seemed to be infected. And something took place in there. As far as you're, the rest of you are aware, because you're not aware exactly what happened. But yeah. when they came out, they were at loggerheads. And yeah. then everything else happened around that. And then Talazar, at the end of that, was thrown through the portal. Yeah. So... I'm amazed I'm able to remember that because I was fucking hammered. Yeah, you were, and I wasn't there. That was exactly a year ago. That was our Halloween episode a year ago, and this is our Halloween episode. It was. It's it's taken that long to bring me back. It's taken a year, (laughs) and, you know, know, thankfully I'm not drinking a metric full ton of booze. I am drinking Iron Brew. So, yeah. Oh. He's going to be bending Gordos. I guarantee it's good um, to the, the Scottish dwarf accent. You, you notice with Talazar, he's not openly, he's a, he's a lot more serene, a lot more calm, um, based on just the fact that he now kind of recognises what he has to do and what he kind of used to be before. Um, <laughs> he, he holds no grudge. He understands that there's going to be times when people do things that he doesn't like and he'll just let it go. Oh, it must be nice. So, um, as the more more people join the group, another server comes up and is like, um, do you wish me to fetch more sustenance and, and, and drinks for the group? As you kind of uh, look forward, I look at Ogin and I ask Ogin, will I get more cheese? Yeah. Is that that yellow stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some of that. Okay. You can just bring me some pancakes this time, but actually do cook them right. Uh, you know, get better than <laughs> oh better than God, even a new voice. they were. They were, you know, they were they were shit. Yeah, they were shit. No, they were shit. Bring some proper ones. Um, oh my God, Loran, so, please keep talking. I need so, to hear more. So, from them. so for anyone that hasn't copied yet, Ryan is doing Loran until Naomi joins. So <laughs> he's got um, good personality. And that was Loran and Norman ordering pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually thought that that was just Norman's new voice. As no, the- Norman's <laughs> voice stayed the same. So you see this, you hear this gruff, kind of guttural voice emanating from this young svelte-ish looking um, half. No, 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 no ish. It's svelte. It's svelte. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is so, the sveltest motherfucker you've ever seen. So this this new meat <laughs> 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 this new meat sleeve that, uh, for Talazar's sakes, this new meat sleeve that Norman is now living in 
is a young elf. Um, uh, I was, it's male, isn't it? It's a male body. Yes. Um, very, like a teenage-looking elf. Uh, yeah. High cheekbones, pulled-back hair and a ponytail that kind of is a, a blondish in colour. Um, <clears throat> but you do see that like it, it, it is starting just on the, the beginnings of as if it started to we, slightly decompose. It's like, uh, it's, it's like it's like uh, Charlie in that one episode of Always Sunny, where every so often he just kind of reaches up and pulls out one of his own teeth, and he's just like, yeah. ah. and it's like, yeah. stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's just just kind of like um, a grey pallor to your skin. Yeah. I'm going to run a poll in the comments here, saying, um, "Do we need to not say the word meat sleeve anymore?" Yes, no. <laughs> I, will say, I will say meat sleeve as often as I can. Um, <laughs> no, don't I know it? I don't. I don't. I like. I kind of like to call it like my flesh mitten. Flesh mitten. Okay. Oh, that's somehow works. Yeah, flesh mitten. I'll go with that one. I'll go with that one. That's the best of the players. Um, so not the flesh mitten. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's this. Like, mm. the, as you take all of this in, Talazar, that's in front of you. But you see, Loran is still Loran, still looking fabulous, even at this hour of the morning, as he sits there ordering his pancakes. But he, he did take like forty minutes to get ready, so of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, I'm turning loops. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so um, the server goes off, and the, the all the whole group now have gathered and are okay. kind of there i wait for everybody to kind of sit and i stand kind of in front of them as they're all sitting and taking their bits of food and stuff and i just ask what do you know of dacius trevelyan dick and what do you you know of festivus the best of us the best of us that's that non-denominational holiday isn't it (laughs) it is trevelyan likes to get a lot of knocks on his door at night for some reason but bird out and he's a white dragon but bird out i don't know much he's a lot he's a lot more subdued and than when we met him originally and a lot more unsure of himself um his ego certainly seems to have taken a battering Uh, okay and what do you know of Dilius Quival? Bad guy. Do you, know that, do you know that Trevelyan trained Dilius? No. No. Dilius was once a subject, not a subject, a student of Dacius. Okay. But he was once a good person training under Dacius. Dacius and Festivus, along with uh, Quival, tried to stop the coming of Skranic the Pointed. Oh. Skranic is an entity, a crystalline spider, claiming godship. When Trevelyan, Dacius, that is, along with Festivus and Quival discovered this burst, this entity trying to make their way into the prime material plane. They took it upon themselves with Dacius as their lead to try and stop. Un- under their, uh, under his guidance though, Quival changed and Quival switched sides. So, 
what happened then, I'm assuming, and I'm not sure if everybody is aware, but the realm that we currently inhabit isn't actually the prime material plane as such. It is a pocket dimension within the prime material plane. We're... We did. We told something like that, that, but I didn't yeah, understand it. Was, uh, Were we originally on the prime plane? So, <clears throat> as it was explained to you by Francis Trevelyan in the last session, yeah, um, you you were all born in this particular realm, Baron Norman, um, and right. Ran. Ran is not from this realm either. Um, Technically, um, I wouldn't be either. Um, no, neither are you. You are no. Well, you, you're no, because of, because of, because if I if I'm over a hundred odd years old. I yeah, it's worked it's, under it's a couple. It's a couple of hundred years that it happened back, and you are still as you're as you're kind of still trying to figure things out. It's still not 100 sure. Laurent's here. Laurent's here. Excellent. Woo! Laurent will be here in a minute. Cool, cool, cool. Laurent cool. was always here. I heard his voice like two minutes. Yeah. Ago. That is true. He called this this monk a loser, and then had a forty minute nap. <laughs> oh, and then ordered pancakes hey. and told them to cook them properly. Yeah, yes. What have I been doing in this time? Nothing. Ordering. Oh, Laranning, Laranning up to eleven. <laughs> so, um, yes. So, as 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 um, Talazar has been explaining, uh, and as the group are aware. This is not the main universe, not, not the main plane of existence. This is like a pocket universe that has been okay. created off to the side by Kroval, um, or following, sorry, following the situation that arose between Kroval, Estimus, Trevelyan, and this in, in entity called um, Skranik Appointed, uh, who the trio, along with others, were trying to stop from uh, becoming a god within their realm, or trying to claim godhood in their realm. Um, are we, Talazar, are we going to try to save the Prime Realm from Skranik? Is that where Skranik is now? Are we trying to save this realm from Skranik? If that's as still to, a threat? As to the whereabouts of Skranik, that's not something I'm aware of myself. Um, just before we move on in any further, Festivus is... And I think you all maybe have started joining the dots on this, but King Gregor is actually King Festivus. <sighs> Festivus had to, after the events of when Creval left, Festivus had to do something or be lost to time himself. So he installed a copy of himself called Gregor setting himself up to be an enemy of Gregor so that people would be able to kind of have a memory of him. I was once an envoy of Festivus. I was a cleric in a troop of soldiers as part of his army. I travelled with several um, expeditions around the country in dealing with trying to help his uh, help him with Skranik in the sense that why I'm here now there is an individual within the city who is actively trying to stop Festivus from gaining access to this city Festivus needs to come back to his home city, Terrace Moor to be able to start 
to help the entire city and the wider world. The reason why I come now is because I had to beg for Festivus's to uh, approval to come, knowing that this may be a suicide mission for me, but it's an opportunity that can't be let go. The person that we need to Sorry, I'm trying to read about a million different notes from when. <laughs> so I can, I can, I, if you want, I can, I can say this for you, Tom. No problem whatsoever. No, no, no. It's I, 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 to say it. It's the character's moment. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can, I can get to it. It's um, where, and I look at uh, seeing obviously the the new press plays and so on of um, Aratir. Do you know where Ardwin Carrick is? Or do you know who that is? Talazar, you would be aware of who Arjun is because you were here when he sent you to Gresham. Yeah, that, 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 so everyone else would be aware. That's why I'm asking. It's like, you, you, you remember Arjun? Yes. Arjun is under the influence of Quival. Arjun and Quival currently have the means within the city to stop... Festivus from coming into the city. However, and I reach into the in- inner pocket of my robes and I pull out a, um, a, a like a like a chain with a uh, pendant on the end of it. This is how we get Festivus back in. I don't right. know if you need to explain that way or whatever, but the the as you look, Talazar pulls out this um, long kind of silver chain uh, that is linked at the end to a large kind of jeweled pin. It glows red, very similar to the red crystals that you would have seen, but this one seems to have this, this life within it. There's like a swirling glow. And as you all stare at it, you can hear, you can nearly feel, and Norman, if you, uh, in particular Norman, and even Loran, <clears throat> and Ogan, as, mm-hmm. as being the spell users within the group, you can feel the arcane energy pulsing off this thing. But whereas you are been in the presence of the red crystals before, and at first you think, fuck, it's one of those things. It's not. Yeah. You feel the energy is different. And it's, yeah, the Aratir sinking that she'll never break it. <laughs> so the red, the, 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 for the magic users of the group, you're kind of sensing the energies off this, and they don't seem to be corrupted the same way the red crystals were. There's there's a different energy of this particular item that's emanating from it. The longer you stare okay. at it. And red dust is an after effect of what happened when the original group Dacia's involved tried to take down Skranik. It's a mere byproduct of, of what happened all those years ago. As to what happened to me when I was travelling with Commander Brevik, we were traveling towards the northern northern lands. We were wiped out with the exception of myself and Brevik, but we came upon a large deep pit. And it's from what we saw in that pit that robbed my memories that only have now recently come back to light. Oh. It was essentially a void 
a deep, swirling void. And right now, Festivus and, Bre- and, and, and Brevik currently watch over the Northern Lands to see if there are things changing there. And that's where my story ends. Until I was washed up on the shores and found by my brethren out there, the other monks, they took me in, they trained me, they gave me um, the ability to be able to look after myself. But when I went to Breston and was sucked through the portal, what you thought was Fest was ripping my arm. He, it, it wasn't, or unless I can be mistaken, Wayne, that wasn't actually Festivus, was it? It was Festivus, but it was, he was breaking the curse on you. That's what he was doing. And it needed you to go through severe trauma and rebuild yourself in order for that to be something that could happen. So it was a, it was a small evil for a greater good. Yeah. The greater good. <laughs> um, when... Crusty jugglers! <laughs> I, I then relearned of my, my past as as a cleric and follower of Cord. And at the mention of Cord, you see a little spark of lightning just crease across the corners of his eyes. And you, you notice that the runes in his arms, there's like a crackle. There's like a smell of ozone briefly in the air. And that's, and, 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 and that's where I, I come to you now. I need your help. So as he said, he's looking for he's looking for Arduin Carrick the Black, um, because apparently Arduin has some form of hey, hey, hello, Arduin has some form of kind of control over the city that's stopping Vestibus from getting in. Talazar, stop me if I'm um, dim, but Arduin is patrolling the Northlands. In which realm? Oh, Brevik is, is, is patrolling the Northern Lands. Arduin is part of the council on ter- in Terrace Moor. He sent us to Breshta. Arduin is the individual that you and Ryan fought in the last session. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is he dead? Both the ears, Naomi. They are whopper. They, they, they rock. And you yeah. very, very quick change out of my work uniform and sit down. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> Wait, did you did you say Arduin's dead? Arduin um, used self destruct. It depends on like his body was really crispy. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't I no no I didn't I, I didn't taste it. Um but yeah, I don't think it's coming back from that. He's living up to his name. Yeah, he nearly took me with him. So Okay, that changes things slightly. The only thing I know the festivals told me was that there's a there is somewhere within the High Chancellor's chamber that I need to put this pendant near or around and that will change things. The reason why the monks are here is to give back up to should anything happen to us while we try to do this. Okay. Wait, I have a question. Moran has a question. Who is this? Ask that up. Yeah. <laughs> so Moran has already met Moran has already come into the room with has met Talazar again. So this is Talazar is returning. I don't know I don't know that I he have, remembers though. I have never seen this man before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Laran, Laran, in fairness, when, when when Talazar was um uh, yeeted through the portal, he had hair 
and he had no beard, whereas now he has no hair and a big beard. Okay. Um, so that that, that, that would change yeah, a bit. Even yeah. if you look the exact same, yeah. wouldn't remember. Him. No, the thing <laughs> is, you you must have forgotten because you were actually here for this, if you remember. But uh, <laughs> but it's on it's on point that Moran in twenty minutes would be like whatever. Sorry, he, he's, got, he's got an extra arm now. Moran, yeah. yeah. if, if you don't monk me now, will you never monk me again? So I just I just need to. That is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> um, was I think I pulled my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. It's because the talons are holding that thing, and I've got I've got you know Aritir over here, and I just I'm afraid my brain is in a bit of a I've already yeah uh, I've just affiliated I've already established that Loran and Norman don't know who this is. Fantastic, good. I, I just put the pendant back into my robes. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> So, as Talazar has said, that he said that he needs to place that pendant somewhere within the chambers of Arduin Carrick the Black. Can I, can I add, okay. now that Arduin Carrick is no more, do we need to worry about, what, like, what does that mean for Brevik, is still presumably alive and well and patrolling? So, Brevik and Vestibus are together. Brevik is Vestibus' sub-commander. They are, as Talazar's story is, is laid out, they are trapped, or not trapped, but they are in the Northern Realms. Yes. Um, basically guarding what would have been the void. Yeah. Talazar has come here as an envoy of Vestibus to let you know that he is actually on your side yeah. um, and that in order for him to come here, there needs to be, there is a kind of a, a block on his ability to be able to teleport or transport into the city. But this has been put here by Arduin Carrick. The pendant that Talazar has is a counterspell that needs to be enacted in the vicinity of where this block is and Talazar has been informed that apparently it's within the the chambers of Arduin Black. So we were on our way, we were following Arduin Black and presumably he was going to his chambers or going to his base. No, when you you chased him out of the city. Yeah. So his when he says his chambers he means his office. Right, which is in the city. Which is in the city. Okay, yeah, okay. Didn't, I, I, it's is that the room that I burned the shit out of? That's what yeah. you, you burned partially. You burned about half. Of it. Hmm. Okay, well, let's I'm go back there then. Okay. Yeah. Um, Even gonna, my name. That's really weird. I'm gonna pause it here for a pee break because I've been drinking a lot of iron brew. Okay. Back okay. in a sec. Let's go for a pee break. Okay, it's. Two. I really should have moved the block of text I had here over to here, so that it looked like as if I was reading it and looking at the camera. I'm using my fella's work setup, Tom. So he's got fucking three screens. Normally, I've got one in the back with D and D Beyond, and I've got this one, and I'm catching the natural light this way. But uh, yeah, it makes me look like a real fucking organizer. None of it's mine. <laughs> and I'm just using my phone because my tablet didn't arrive. Ooh, him? Does your Ooh. friend have anything to say? The one beside you. Mr. Bones and me <laughs> sit and play and do and do and Yeah, that's Mr. Bones. He makes the worst sound. Huh? Coding will be so much more fun with a weird skeleton sidekick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Mr. Bones here. Now, he's... I don't... Does he have know, a wild ride? He does. Mr. Bones is wild ride. He... He was discounted. He's such a fucking good skeleton. He was super discounted in Woody's a few years ago. And I'm like, why? And then I got him home and found out why. why? The, the, whatever noise, like he makes noise. But the okay. noise sounds like a train of, uh, 
like a train of lost souls. It's Can he do so it now? Wrong. No, because he had to take the batteries out because my kids were fucking wetting themselves with fear. Like it's way too loud. It's way too loud. It's like it's like whoa, like it's too I much. Love him. Way What's too like? much. And Mr. Bones makes the fucking scariest noise. At the break, Naomi, I'll put batteries in him and show you how disproportionate the fucking noise is and why I was able to get such a handsome skeleton for like 20% of the original price. I would love that very much. All right. I I think just just because you mentioned the break and because it is the Halloween episode, I think we could get such a good bit out of when we break yeah, and when we come back, I think it should just be him in the chair, and Kim shouldn't be there for a few minutes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I think that will be very good. I don't remember my D and D beyond login. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, you need to have a look. You never did that. Lads, I'm starting to. I'm starting to think pins and logins aren't the number part of our brain. They're a muscle memory, and yeah. then all you have to do yeah. is change keyboard, Arson. and you're fucked. Point of order for Kim. When you leveled up Codeine, did you increase your HP as well? Yeah. Good. Good. It did it for me. I'm up to 33. Uh, Loran, when you get a chance as well on D&D Beyond, when you get a chance, if you want to do a turn break at school, you uh, uh, you need to uh, uh, level up to level 6. Level up what? You need to level up Loran. We all level 6. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right, sorry, sorry. Um, Savage. Okay, then cool, cool, cool. Right, so... So what do the group want to do now? Talazar has given you his tall tale. Um, you've been given, you've been, he's been shown, he's shown you the pendant, explained to you the position that Festivus is in. Um, and Codeine, off the bat, like you're sitting there going, okay, this all seems to be quite truthful. Your you're, yeah. um, you're insight into him, like your passive insight or passive perception, your passive insight is pretty high. And you, you can tell he's been extremely forthcoming with information. He doesn't seem to be bullshitting you in any way. Yeah. Aww. Can I can I do a um, a perception roll to just see how this is being received by some of the less knowable members of our? Of course group? you can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. No, sorry, it's a seven. I thought it was a one. It's a seven, so I got fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, so the, we can go. What what we'll do here is rather than me telling you what they feel, we can go around all the groups and basically it's as if you're just looking at their things. And it's like you know when you you see a, a film or show and somebody's sitting there and you can hear the thoughts. So, the Buffy episode, yeah. Yeah, but can, 14, yeah. At, a, at, a, at a perception level of fourteen. Um, you see now. One second, I'm just gonna look at. It. So you you can look at Ogan. You can tell what Ogan is thinking. So what's Ogan thinking? Not much. He's kind of wondering. It's like, why didn't um. Why did he go for a weird arm where you could just get a human arm and stick it on like Norman did? <laughs> weird. Uh, Norman, can you roll a wisdom troll for me, please? You sure. I just want to see if, if Cody is able to read you, even in your current state. Yeah, probably. That's like a four. A four. So actually, Norman, in a very rare moment, it seems to be quite readable. Um, okay. So what's Norman thinking right now? Um, Norman uh, and Loran have been muttering between themselves for the last... Honestly, for most of what Talisar was saying, we've just been <laughs> like, muttering between ourselves. So we pretty That's much right. heard none of that. You heard none of it? Pretty much. Okay. Wasn't um, so Loran Don't will be in the same boat. Loran seems to be completely distracted by the fact that our pan- his, yeah, pancakes, Loran, his pancakes are just Loran around. is trying to remember his fucking D&D Beyond login. He is. Um... <laughs> <laughs> 
good. I don't good. need DVD because I can just tell you Laurent's thoughts. Uh, Laurent is not on this conversation. He's not on this planet. He's kind of like, hmm, I wonder how Swift is doing. I wonder if he wants to hang out later. I should get a cat. I need to water my plants. <laughs> cool. I like it. I like it. Uh, Aratea. <laughs> Aratea, roll a wisdom uh, check. Where is the table drop you I'm saving here, he says. That's a new account, so I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> five. Um, so, Aratea, what are you thinking? Aratea is taken in by the story from uh, Talazar and is kind of quietly wanting to spring into action because he's feeling the weight of her responsibility now as head guard and uh, uh, you know is is anxious to kind of get to the next the next step which is getting to um, presumably Arden Carrick's office so we can we can we can get uh, Vestibus back. Okay. Uh, Wayne, I need to ask a question. Sure. Um, who was that dre- when we were back in um, uh, um, in Codeine's house? Who was that necromancy type of guy? You um, you don't really know as far as I remember. Really you just re- recall that it was a necromancer drow. Yeah, but um, he's not. He's not any of the two. He's because I. Well, he's not I, any I, of the um, named people. It's not. It's not any of the name people because I'm trying to kind of. You you never found out his name, as far as I recollect. Grant. You never found out his name. You just are aware. And I think during I think during the last session it even come up that you know you were asked the question. You think you did describe him? I'm trying to remember if you had described him to Dacius as he was telling you his we did. story. I was like, that was that guy in Codeine's gas. Yeah. Mm. So you did describe him, and Dacius did kind of corroborate the description, and say that could have been him. Um, Fe- Fe- where did we meet Festivus again? Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to... So, at the end of the attack on Breston, when you were transported by an infected beholder to the Northern Realms, you met mm-hmm. very briefly with an individual claiming to be Festivus, who then did what he did to, to Talazar, and then transported you to... So, some of you landed in Henrik's Point, and some of you landed on... Um, Earth's ship, or room ship. So oh, oh, you, so right. the best of us had transported you, and it seemingly had been six months later. So he pushed you forward in time mm-hmm. to Hendrix Point and to a corresponding ship as well. So, but the that, only impression, we, the only impression we have of him is when he ripped uh, the arm off a party member and threw him through a portal, and then sent us on our merry way. Sent us to a place that he needed to go. Yeah. Right. Cool. Thank you. That's all I want to know. Cool. Right. So. Right now, where it stands, what does the group want to do? And at this point, um, the pancakes have arrived for both Norman and Loran. And uh, I'm going to roll a performance check for the kitchen staff to see if they cooked them to your liking. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not, that is a natural one. So, oh, no, um, not enough egg. So not they have arrived and they look like pancakes and they, look, they seemingly look all right. But to you, they are fucking terrible. Um, I need to wait until... Has the server just brought them? Literally, she is putting them in front of you. As she puts them down and she goes to walk away, I'm like, wait. (laughs) She kind of turns like, yes? Take a bite. He takes a bite and he's like, 
Oh, yeah. Um, these were actually for our new friend. Here you go. <laughs> um, so, Laurent hands over the pancakes to Talazar. And the Eat server the kind of turns and like nods and then walks away. Eat it. Not, 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 not to be rude, he just takes a bite. Cool. Um, They're so, a gift. You should finish them. So, to Talazar, they just taste like pancakes. It's just for Laurent and Norman. It wasn't what they wanted. But for you, it just tastes fine. It's pancakes. Thank ah. you. There's no thing. Ah, no, I don't. I take them back. He enjoyed them. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And I just, I just look at Talisar and say, "Welcome back, Talisar." He's that scene, and you know, when it's always sunny, where Mac makes Dennis the, the mac and cheese, and he just fucks it. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> too just, just keep an eye contact with Talisar and just. Oh, you already had one. Uh, yeah. We can have plenty. Yeah. I mean, seriously, this whole seasons. This entire campaign should just be called the gang fuck up Wayne's plans, you know? So (laughs) um, a DM's plans never survive a party. Yeah, and which is perfectly acceptable and okay. Um, right. So what did the group want to do at this point? Talazar has poured out his heart and soul to you, told you his story, has offered you the solution of using this pendant. I would like to share some of our uh, adventures since we last saw Talazar because he has been so open with us. Sure. I would like to yeah, go ahead Arthur, sorry. Well, as you can see Talazar a lot and nothing has changed he says pointing to those two. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> what was that? I love that he's still wearing the shades. <laughs> Norman. Yeah. Um, we have travelled much um, since our last encounter with you. Um, I myself find myself, albeit only recently, captain of the guard of Terrace Moor, um, following a vision I saw some time back. Um, I thought it was the right thing to do when I defeated my predecessor in battle. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I think think it's a job title that might suit you. I know. I know from the physical point of view, I've totally got this down. (laughs) But yeah, we'll see. Um, If there's going to be a fight, I prefer to be in the thick of it, and uh, you know, maybe making orders this time will suit me better than taking them. a piece of advice I may give that I was told is surround yourself with people who are better than you with other things and you just concentrate on your strengths. Well, I have to say some of the soldiers that Terrace Moore have are exceptional. Um, and I've, I spent the night catching up on all the documents and diaries and schedules and everything I could find in relation to this position. And, uh, Thankfully, my predecessor was quite anal as well. So, you know, I've got all that info. Um, uh, we, we have traveled to uh, other parts of this realm. We have met some interesting people and creatures along the way, um, including some dragons. We got to, to fly them to the uh, Black Asylum. Um, we... Uh, I, I'm going to recount the 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 trip with um, 
<laughs> the Arun Five and Arun. <laughs> oh, that was fabulous. Arun was wonderful. He was like this tall. He was like like real, real buff. Of course, Loran started gushing immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm really, like, all of a sudden, Loran is extremely animated and into this conversation. <laughs> Uh, and is very forthcoming with information about this. Um, very it's only buff. about what a rune looks like. Yeah, very yeah. buff, very square jawed, very rugged looking uh, half orc. Who, who's, it, like, it seems to be that Loran is painting this picture of this action hero from years, from from the days of yore, who springs into action and it seems to, in Loran's tales, consistently save Loran from danger. And it carried me with, like this, and it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I blush slightly because I met him at a slightly thirsty period in my life. And I, was like, oh. um, I so, snapped out of it since. Um, see, so for our viewers, obviously Tom has caught up as best he, as, as he can with the overall continuation of the campaign and has, has watched the episodes as we've gone on. Um, as best life and a baby. So. Yeah. Also, so, uh, something important. Um, I had pizza yesterday, and I also got a new stick. And I show him the the fancy cane stick that has loads of bite marks on it now. Yeah. From when we went to a ball, and goes, like, "Yeah, I got a new stick as well." As you cool. look up on Ogan, he looks like a really wealthy Wolverine who's fallen on hard times. He's, <laughs> he's, at one point, these clothes were the greatest of finery, but now he looks like a hairy homeless bum. <laughs> Would you like some new clothes? Hang on, what? Or at least clean the ones he has. Hang on, what? Yeah, just, what? What are you on about? You have to clean these? You just, you just need a brief swim, Ogan, that's all I think. So hang on, by but, clean, do you mean like make them smell less? Yes. All right, yeah. give me a second. Wayne, I want to cast um, a druid craft on myself, and I yeah. want to cover myself in mint flowers. Perfect. <laughs> So <laughs> you all watch as Ogan's little form, he's sitting there and he starts to wave his claws in the air. And out of the air, this spiraling kind of whisk of these green leaves just come into existence and start to plant themselves all around Ogan's uh, body, weaving themselves into, his, into the threads of his claws, into his buttonholes, uh, stuffing his pockets, kind of tucked in around the neck. You actually then see a, a section of them weave themselves into his fur around his ears kind of like a small mint crown. Um, and <laughs> above the stink, this beautiful, fresh smell of peppermint starts to fill your nostrils um, as these as the leaves start to weave themselves in and out of his person. Um, <laughs> and How's that? Is that better? Does it cover the smell entirely, or can you still There's get it? Still, it's kind of like it's peppermint on top of wet dog, you know? <laughs> it's like when someone sprays the bathroom, it just smells like... It. The woods with a shit in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, this, the, the peppermint smell is pleasant, but if you sniff hard enough, you can still get the wet dog smell. We, uh, we'll, we'll talk, talk, we'll we'll talk about cleaning life. after. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I tell Talazar that I know where I know where the office is that he needs to go. Let's try and see what happens. Just also to be aware that... Um, I've forgotten names already. <laughs> that is, um, he had he he had worked with a sect of sorcerers as well to cast these spells. So just be yeah. on your guard so for main, anyone. <clears throat> so yeah, so you're, you're sorry. You're talking about Ardman. 
Yeah, Ardwin, sorry. Ardwin yeah. worked with a sect of uh, sorcerers to be able to prevent Vespas to enter Terrace Moor. Um, so who is going into Ardwin's chambers at this point? I'll go. Um... Obviously me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go. When we're done, I'm going to finish the job. Okay. I'll burn the other half. Okay. Uh, Loran, what's Loran doing at this point? Still trying to get into his Twitch. I have been listening, <laughs> however, I did miss a lot of the plot of the first bit of the episode, so That's I'm fine. Just say I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm just going to keep chilling. Follow so you're going to stay where you are? What? Where are we? So you're sitting, sorry, you're sitting in the in the main room that you would have been in previously where that little fight that Arter undertook. So okay. um, you're in the kind of the main banquet hall, which has now been made into a base of operations. You're sitting at the top of the set of the, the set of steps to go up to the, the, the raised dais at a table, all having breakfast. Well, the base of operations mills on around you, um, and oh. the, the door to Arduin's uh, chambers is going kind of directly behind you, about by about thirty feet. And then off to the left, then there's another door into the chambers that you went into with the, the kind of the town council or the city council previously to have that conversation. Um, so that's the general area that you're in. There's it's early morning. It's about it's it's you're not used to being up this early. So it's about, I'd say it's about now, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, okay. And there are people milling about, breakfast has been had, people are clearing trays and, and, and long tables and stuff like that. And people are getting down to, to battle plans and you see that there's individuals um, putting together maps and blueprints of, say, Ballista and other things in the room, very close to them. So that's where you're it's, at. Yeah, like this is super not his vibe. He doesn't want to be in the busy room. Sure. Um, so he's just going to follow the squad with no cool. real involvement, but just because there's nothing else to do. Cool. Um, as you get up, as you get up, you notice off to the far side at the entrance of the room that you went into with the town council, the door opens around and you see Swift exit and look over ah! your direction. And he holds up what looks like a carafe of wine and two glasses and calls you over. Yeah. Norman, I'm going to step out for a bit. Enjoy your hole, whatever this is. Sure, yeah, why not? I'm going to go get laid. Uh. Enjoy your hole, more like, Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh. No, it's very cool. You'd really like it. You should find someone, you know. It's very cool. It's very cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you and Codine have that whole if you love her, you if you hate her, you love her thing, right? No, sadly, the first thing that falls off is always the genitals. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, look, you know, Codine used to be, you know, from 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 moneyed people, and who knows what they're into. I mean, yeah, and I mean, what that tongue do though, you know. Like... <laughs> Norman, like, Norman like waggles his eyebrows, and one of his big like black tentacles just like, <laughs> and then goes back in. I might actually hang out here. Now. I'm gonna go. Tell us that roll perception check. Did you see that? My passive is 16. Yeah, I'll take my passive if yeah. that's alright. So, yeah, so Talazar, as you're getting up from the table, you see Loran and Norman conversing, and um, all of a sudden that happens, and Norman's mouth opens wide, and this large tentacle twicks out real quick and kind of licks the air and <laughs> straight back in again. And you're kind of like, what the fuck was that? That's, that's just new. what pulses do. 
Yeah, that's what bodies do. Have you never seen a body before? <laughs> what a, what a, Someone's what a, going to need to explain what's going on with, the, with this one. He's got a few more elements. We'll explain on the way. It's not, it's yeah. not important. Okay. No, it's, it's not so, important. Not really anything yeah. you can find yourself with, stranger. Mm. <laughs> We're not strangers, Laurent. Jesus. Like, why do you know my name? He knew my name as well. It's very odd. Salazar, I'll fill you in on our walk. Thanks. Yeah, let's uh, do it. So, Ron, Ron, you turn and go off towards where Swift wait, is. Now. Yeah? Wait, wait, wait. I, I wouldn't tell him all of your business if I were you. I don't trust him for some reason. I feel like I've seen him before. I can't put my finger on it, but I don't trust him. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sort of past the point of secrecy at this stage. <laughs> I've moved. I've kind of moved beyond the whole... Uh, the whole hiding things, and now I just want to get home or die, so I'll tell anyone, I don't yeah, mind. Uh, got, that, got that millennial mindset to go with the new body, oh, you know? I feel that, feel that. <laughs> Mood. Mood. All right, get later. home or die! Get home or die. That's going on a t-shirt. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'd be a good t-shirt uh, picture of Loran, get home or die, or not Loran, yeah. of Norman, get home or die. Right. Um, yeah. All right, no worries. <laughs> No, no, no. no, no Norman <laughs> follows, follows the rest of you as he dabs and around does it floss and then yeah, I like, floss away off. with Swift. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you floss away with Swift. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so the Laurent heads off with Swift uh, after flossing and dabbing and stuff, and then the group then kind of in their little clumps make their way towards the, the back of the room and towards Arduin's uh, chambers. Um, I'm going to go with the group first, Ryan, and then I'll get to you in two seconds and give you time. Oh, to I'm edit. good. Get yourself sorted with the Twitch thing. Um, so um, the group then slowly but surely make their way into um, Arjuman's chambers, which are in a complete disarray. They haven't been attended to since yesterday. There's the, the smell of burned wood and acrid stench of smoke fills your nostril as you enter in. Um, you you can see that one half of the room to the back of the main area where this table used to be and up along the back wall are covered in, in singe and burn marks and there's cinders and charcoal everywhere in that general area. The carpet is halfway burnt off to the right-hand side of the room and there are piles of ash that used to be large clumps of scrolls and books and all sorts. Then at the back of the room off to the right, there's still some kind of furniture intact in large bookcases um, some trinkets on a, on a, on a table and a, and a cabinet to one side, all manner of different shapes and sizes. Um, there's a couple of remaining pieces of furniture, one or two chairs that are kind of tipped over and pushed to one side. Um, the, 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 the kind of the, you can, the smell that's in here is kind of like, you know, like a, kind of like after a bonfire goes out at Halloween and it's kind of damped and down. And it's still kind of, you can taste it in the back of your mouth, but it's, it's filling the air. Because there's no real proper ventilation here, so I have nowhere to go to so swirl around. And um, parts of it, it's a bit foggy off in the left-hand corner as well, because it's still a few smoldering pieces uh, of burnt wood and furniture that was left over from uh, Norman's fire fire um, that he kind of started. Um, and then you see the entrance to the kind of tunnels that both Norman and Cody went down, and Ogan went down. Um, what's a candle and a crowbar? Candle and a yeah, crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, didn't Ogan pick up the candle and crowbar because he thought it was us? Yeah, he thought you guys had been um, <laughs> right. into a candle and crowbar. <laughs> oh, so I, was... I forgot to give them back to you. Um, yeah. Talazar, I was, 
I was tossing things out of my inventory to show the group where I'd gone. I was doing it in kind of alphabetical order. And Ogan <laughs> thought they were, we'd been transformed into those items. Um, also, I, I like that Talazar, uh, yeah, I love that Talazar went away as one kind of metaler and came back as the other kind of metaler. And um, <laughs> yep. Candle and Crowbar is the name of his band. So That's a great name for a band. That is a <laughs> I have to laugh. I can't remember who it was, but one of the viewers commented on uh, on, on YouTube thinking that it was some reference to Clue or Cluedo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's Argerman Carrick the Black in his study with the candle and the crowbar. Oh, definitely, yeah. What happened in this room? Why is it burnt to, to, to cinder? I was trying to find the doll. Is Norman with us? Norman's yeah. with you, yeah. Norman's yeah. Okay. What did you say, Norman? I was trying to find a doll. And you thought burning everything would help? Seemed well, like the best it, thing to do with the time. It actually time worked. <laughs> what did you say? Edge. <laughs> he, he actually he uncovered the, the, the secret exit, so it did actually work. But he just said TBH because Norman is cool now, and I don't know how much of this I can stand. <laughs> I, I, I love it and hate it with equal degree. And... Uh, Okay, keep boomer. it coming. Also, <laughs> you, you are, you are, you are all starting to notice that the new body is starting to inhabit Norman's personality a bit more, and oh no, it's kind of having it's adding weird quirks to his personality. Whereas before, he was a very stoic, gravelly, kind of standoffish kind of dude who had no problem telling people to go fuck themselves. He's now a very snarky, up their own arse, and entitled little fuck who has no problem telling people to go fuck themselves. He, he's he's basically baby Groot. He can be. Yeah. He's, He's a teenage, teenage Groot. Teenage. teenage. It's all ahead of yeah. you. It's all ahead of you. Um, so, um, and you. <laughs> yeah. Black no, it's already gotten here for me. I have a three-year-old daughter who's actually 15. So, <laughs> uh, with amazing side-eye. With amazing side-eye. Amazing. Um, so, um, did Arda won the Black Knot torch his own gaff? Can I just have both? So I can uh, no, that was normal. So. Oh, right. Uh, that explains doesn't explain anything really okay. what did or did I not do Torch I thought your man burned the place because he was hiding something oh no that was me because I was trying oh. to find the door well it um, worked then it did so was yeah. this secret door did it lead to anywhere uh, it leads door. outside into a forest several miles yeah. outside the city yeah so this is this is his office was yep. it can I make an investigation to, or did, or did yeah. he leave any notes or any kind of books or anything yeah, that may? Investigation, yeah, if you wish, yeah. Natural twenty. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, for a total of twenty-one. Grant, it's yeah. Um, Wait, so, um, you start to look around the room for any kind of information that you can find, and with a natural twenty, and um, you don't find any notes or you don't find any books because a lot of it's been destroyed in the fire. But what you do find, as you're kind of going off to the right-hand side of the room, where there's a large bookcase, and you're kind of sifting through the books, and as you're pulling out one of the larger tomes, you're... That's what I was going to say. I was going to look for something like a, a bit of breeze underneath. Yeah. So you hear a click, and then there's like a, a, a kind of a sliding sound, and a thunk, and you look over on the far wall, on the left-hand side of the room, where it's been severely burnt, a large panel of the of the, wall, of the of the stonework slides aside as if it's fake, 
and you see a, a kind of an indentation in the room or in the wall and there's like a gap and there's a slight glow coming out of it. Norman, straight away, your arcane senses peak and you can sense that there's magic emanating from that area. Pretty sus, guys. <laughs> oh my god. Who's the imposter? Um... <laughs> It's definitely one of them. <laughs> Can I do? Is it is it like a narrow um, slit that opened up, or was it? No, it's you're talking about. It's at least a, a one foot by two foot. It's like a rectangle shape on the wall. So one oh, of the okay. big large bricks on the wall kind of like pushed forward and then slid over, uh, and it's like it's a fake section in the wall that's opened up after you pulling open it. Can I peer in to see what I can see? or um, is... You can make your way over to the and you look in, and you see that inside there is what looks like a large purple crystalline shape, kind of like a... not too similar to a dodecahedron shape, um, as it kind of sits. It's about the size... Of, it's like it's a fist-sized crystal, and it's glowing purple with a swirling, um, emanating energy from the centre of it. Can I reach in to try and move it or does it look like it's fixed in where it is it's sitting on a little kind of like a little plinth. platform little plinthy area thing here. fuck it I'm just going to reach in and try and grab it okay you reach your hand in and as you reach your hand in there's a large flash and a spark and you push backwards and you take two points of um, two points of damage um, of, it's like um, necrotic damage sorry two, two points of necrotic damage Ooh. Hey, Talazar, you're going to have to be more careful with them limbs. <laughs> <laughs> I take out, uh, I, I presume I still have the standard retractable uh, quarterstaff. Yeah. I'm going to take that out and try and use that to move it out without yeah. actually touching it with my, with my hands. Um, same thing happens. And there's a crackle <laughs> and the energy just flashes <laughs> down the staff. And you take it further... <laughs> Four points in narcotic damage. Jesus. Right. Okay. What can we do to get this thing out? Actually, I put, I hold out the uh, amulet and hold it towards it. Does it react? As soon as you take out the amulet and move it towards it, there's a large pulse of red energy that emanates from the amulet. And the closer you move it, it starts to crackle. And then all of a sudden, there's like a and this small beam and flash of kind of arcing energy reaches out from the pendant as it rocks back and forth on the chain and strikes the front section of where this dodecahedron shape is. And you see this kind of purplish reddish flash as what looks like some form of magical force field just dissipates and sparks. Anything else happen to the dodeca? No, it's still there glowing, but there seems to have been some form of shielding at the front of it, a magic kind of shield in front of it that has now been dispelled by the amulet. Okay, I reach in a third time to try and grab it. And you gingerly reach out as your fingers go through <laughs> and pass through where they were previously. When you go to put your fingers around the shape, and, and you the hit the mysterious second layer of shielding. <laughs> 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 and your new arm gets blown apart. No, um, Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your fingers grasp around it, and you start to feel like a tingle, like you're touching one of those electricity balls, like the giant electricity, like zoom balls, what they call And you kind of feel a tingle up your arm as, <laughs> as you kind of 
pluck it out from the from the mini plinth that it's on. You hold it in your hand, and um, you do feel a kind of an arcade pulse emanating. Now, which hand are you holding it in? Are you holding it in your prosthetic? Please or your... say you're using the prosthetic. I'm using the prosthetic arm. Okay, <laughs> holding it in your prosthetic arm, you notice that the runes on the arm start to kind of kind of spark a slight bit, and uh, you you see a purple energy move down the arm, like little veiny bits come down the arm and start to kind of spark. They go down about halfway down your forearm as you're holding this thing. And it starts to kind of slightly heat up. Not unbearable, but there is a fair bit of energy emanating off this thing. I find a table or something that I can put it on, something that I can lay it down flat. You move back over to where you were previously next to where the bookshelf was, and there is a kind of a side table. And what are the rest of you all doing while this is happening? Watching. Watching? Yeah. Pretty much watching, yeah, you're getting like, in awe of whatever's going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and family show. Said no. Oh my god! It certainly no. is not a family show. This is not a family show. Let's get yeah. that out of the way now. If you haven't caught on by now, what thirteen episodes in? This is not a family show. Um, so yes, and um, you place it down on the side table off next to where that bookshelf was. Um, you kind of clear a path of all these different trinkets and, and, and doodads that are just sort of rested on the table. You place it down in front on the table itself. And it's still kind of glowing. But as you take your hand away, you see sparks of purple energy just kind of arcing from the end of your fingers and you slowly pull your hand away. And it's, and it's like a... As it then sits there kind of rocking back and forth from the energy dis- discharge and then settles. I tell everybody to stand close to the door away from where this is as I... Take a step back, and you notice I have tattoos on the other arm that I use to invoke basically an inky black arm that stretches out for 30 feet. And I use that arm with the quarterstaff to drop the uh, amulet over the dodeca. So basically, I'm standing 30 feet away from the dodeca, holding with a magical arm holding out the um, the quarterstaff, gently resting the amulet over the dodeca or near the dodeca. So you all watch from the doorway. That's where you're all standing. Normally, you choosing to do what he asks. Oh no, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand next to the thing. I'm like looking it. I'm like checking it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you want to roll? Yeah, I'll, I'll allow you to roll an investigation or an arcana check or whatever the hell you want if you want to look at this thing. And like every so often while while Talisar is like just trying to do his very important work, like the staff just keeps like like nudging me in the side of the head. Like, <laughs> 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 I was only thinking the same thing. Like you're going to just feel a little kind of poke every so often. Even though this is a, a magical scenario, Aratir has instinctively equipped her battle axe and ushered Codeine and Ogan behind her at the doorway. Okay. Just like, fuck okay. this. <laughs> Must protect. Like, Must protect. Okay, so um, did you roll anything there, Norman? Did you, did you say an investigation check? You can do either an investigation or a kind of check, whatever you want to do yourself. Okay, it's a, it's a 15. So. 15. So you, as you're looking at it, you kind of suss it out and even with the pokes in the side of your head as, as both the quarterstaff and the other amulet kind of knocks off the side of them you're like ow, ow. you're looking at you, you can kind of <laughs> suss out like this slightly off <laughs> yeah, just, just like, like this on your head but you can kind of you get the feeling that you 
recognize this as some form of barrier spell. It seems to be something that blocks teleportation mm. of a certain type into the city. And you seem to think mm. that this might be what, if you were, if you recollect, um, if you were listening, this, this seems to be that's what it does. Um, you can't remember whether Talazar was saying this is something that needs to be done or not, but this seems to be something that you need to look at. Um, and that's what this particular item is there to do. As Talazar reaches out, you all watch as he reaches out his arm and the tattoos all swirl and join together and form at, at, the, at his wrist and his own hand is covered in black ink, seems to swell. And then from his fingertips, this large kind of arc of swirling blackness forms in this like long, it's like it's extending his forearm. And at the end of it, it forms this large inky black hand that then reaches mm. out and grabs his grabs his quarterstaff and picks up the amulet by the end of it and reaches forward and drops it down on top of the purple shape right next to Norman's head. And there is a blinding flash of energy and the entire room is filled with light and you all feel yourself knocked backwards. And that is where we're going to take a break. That, that blinding flash could have really hurt if I didn't have my protection. <laughs> oh my god! And, and, and we have the who don't. Won't get fooled again. Okay. Uh, Let's, uh, we all take a break there. And yeah. we'll return shortly uh, where we will announce the winners of our two prizes. Thank you to WC Comics for this. So we are giving away. A copy of The Descent of Avernus and The Explorers Got the, uh, the Wild We will pick two winners from our comment section on YouTube and we will get this out to you ASAP in the post. And then we will ask you the question for the winner of to win this in our next episode. We're the winner for this one in the next episode. Thank you again, Dublin City Comics, for our sponsors for their sponsorship. Check them out at DublinCityComics.ie. They will deliver to your house. And go check out their website. They've got all manner of, of stuff up there: comic books, action figures, Gundam, um, hot toys, huge selection of collectibles. Coffee. I cannot recommend them enough. And coffee um, and Gundam. Yeah, they also do have the coffee and Gundam store. Coffee and Gundam is doing takeaway coffee at the moment, and all the Gundam you order from WC Comics comes from the coffee and Gundam store. So, folks, we are going to take a, a break. We're going to go have some lunch, and we will be back shortly with the winners of two prizes and the question. To um, for who can win this. Um, so folks, we will see you shortly. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we had a break. We are back. We are now going to jump straight into the giveaways, thanks to Dublin City Comics, uh, who Woo! you can check out at DublinCityComics.ie. So, for the giveaway for these two books, we have the Baldur's Gate Descent of and Explorers Gate of the Wildman. Um, so, for the winner of the Baldur's Gate Descent of Avernus, can somebody, uh, let me see now, Tom, since you're back, roll a d20, actually, roll d20. And number 14. And the winner is Bob Hoyne. Is the answer for that question. Um, so the question was what type of axe did Aratir um, pick up following the defeat of the captain of the guards? It was the Berserker Battle Axe. 
So, Would you um, like to get my axe berserker? <laughs> this will be winning its way to Bob, uh, our Baldur's Gate to the Davros. Now, um, we have somebody else to roll now. Um, Norman, uh, Ryan, please roll a d20. Two. Two. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, we're all night. <laughs> the winner is Sean Dunn. Hey! Woo! Woo! And Sean, you win the Explorer's Guide to Wildman. That'll be winging its way to you. So we'll be reaching out to both of these winners um, via social media um, or through email or whatever to congratulate them and tell them that they've won and we'll get their address off them and send this out to them. So hopefully by the time this episode goes out, they'll be aware that they've won. And those prizes are going out to you guys ASAP. Now, now the Icewind Dale, this is a fantastic book, by the way, but the Icewind Dale, uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, um, let's see now. This is the prize. Thank you to Dublin City Comics for this. They winked, the ship is out to be basically in the last 48 hours that arrived at my doorstep just in time for this episode. So this prize is this month's prize, and the question for this is, um, and I'm just going to just cite this here now. So, what is the name of the main character? And Darren, keep your mouth And what is the name of the main character from the Ore Salvatore books, based upon a particular drag? What is the main character's name? In those books. Please type that below in the comments and share the video on social media. Be it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And tag Irish Pubcast. You have to tag Irish Pubcast. You have to share the video on social media. You can't just answer the question down below. You have to share the video. So what is the name of the main character in the R.A. Salvatore's uh, series of books based on a particular drama? And this book, which has got links to Icewind Dale, by the way, it's got links to that's the reason why I asked the question. It's every yeah. Rhymes of the Frost yeah. Maiden. Looking forward to looking through it just for that. Yeah. So, um, this book can be yours. You just need to answer below, share the video on social media, and tag Irish Podcast. And this book, we will announce the winner of this particular tome on the next episode, episode 14 of Podcast Plays Rhymes and Rhymes. So, thank you so much to Dublin City Comics for their sponsorship, their continued sponsorship. Hello. Check Thanks them guys. out at DublinCityComics.ie. They will deliver directly to your homes. Um, and you can reach out to them on social media. You can find them on social media as well, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and follow them. Uh, fantastic store. Great support from the local nerd community here uh, in Ireland. Um, and we, we have actually sent prizes from this show. Thanks to them. Further afield, there's been some prizes have gone to the States. Um, so, they, you know, they're reaching out there. Um, so without further ado, we're going to jump back into the adventure. Uh, and we are going to take up straight away with Loran. We're going to leave the rest of the group hanging for a couple of minutes to figure out after what happened to them in the last part of the story. But we're going to start back in with Loran, who has left the group uh, to go investigate Arduin's quarters. Uh, Loran saw Swift uh, off to one side, gesturing to him, uh, holding up a carafe of wine and some glasses as they headed into... Uh, uh, I love that it's like nine in the morning and it's like wine. Oh, no, no, it's, it's half ten. It's half ten. Half ten. Half ten. It's, half ten. it's about, it's about half ten-ish. You know, there's no harm in wine in the morning. It's a trap. In the fantasy world, you can drink wine anytime. I thought you said that. It's 5 p.m. somewhere. Yeah, yeah it is, and Aritir yeah. had ale with breakfast. So it's exactly. Yeah. 
that's the beautiful thing. Like, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, what's the word? No there's drink no shaming. No drink shaming. <laughs> no real word hangups about having the odd seasoned grape with your breakfast cheese. And um, okay, so Laurent, you make your way um, over towards Swift as he motions you into the the, the room that, that you were in previously um, for the kind of the group session where you met with the town council or the city council. Yeah. Um, you go back into room with Spur, it's pretty much unchanged. Um, there's a long couch on one side, there's a couple of chairs on the other. The back of the room is lined with books. Um, there are a couple of stools here and there. Um, Swift walks over and places the carafe down and then starts to pour out two glasses and kind of gestures to a chair or the couch or whatever. He's like, good morning. I see that your group has gathered once again and seems to be discussing matters of great urgency from the looks of all your faces. Yes, it's all a bit too big, a bit too big and too much for me, really. Um, what's your take on this whole business? Well, he's kind of grinned slightly and kind of looks around the room and says, I, I've been elevated from a not so small, but a medium-sized business tailor to a member of the city council. It is yeah. quite the change for me as well. I mean, I, I can't lie. It's not as if I haven't had other avenues of adventure in my life. I've lived quite the time, and this is just another stepping stone as I go along in this path, but I I find it intriguing. It's not somewhere I expected to find myself in a place of authority. And usually, yeah, more used to being in the background or the shadows. If you yeah, I mean, like, do you even really want to be involved in all this? It intrigues me. So From what angle? I seem to now have influence on events, which is something I'm not used to. That's hot. So, as a member of the council, I can move a piece here, move a piece there. It's, it's, it's intriguing, to say the least. Answer you, me this. Oh, no, go on. Well, I was going to say, you don't seem to be the type that would find themselves in this type of a situation often. Oh, never, actually. Um... This is so not my ball game. I'm just going along with them because I've, well, not much else to do and nowhere else to go, apparently. Um, were there a way to be not involved, I would take it. However, you know, I wonder, the, the, the blessed their souls, especially the likes of, like, Aratir and whatever, they, they're, they're very idealistic. They really think they can make a difference. But honestly, they're all just going to get their asses handed to them and we're all going to die. So I feel like it's just better to watch things play out. So you don't think they stand a chance of making any effort against the God. forces that fight us? Not really. I mean, as... Darcy has said he's tried this a load of times and why should this time work? Interesting. So you've resigned yourself to die? Not die. I've a few plan B's for sure. But I'm definitely not going to um, 
rush into the heat, the heat of battle. Well, yes, I mean, but we, for the short time I've known you, I've seen you fight, or else I've been in a fighting vicinity of you. You can hold your own. If well, you not really. I have two spells, and one makes a tiny hut, and the other can write something in the sky. So, and in another fight, I just played dead until it was over. If I'm not mistaken, did you not charm the captain or former captain of the guards? Oh, well, probably, yes. Leaving but... them to be pretty much defenseless. Well, yes, I suppose I can do that, but... Oh, I don't know. That's very small fry. You seem to be either not willing to commit yourself or not being aware of yourself of having ability outside of, you think, two spells. You can no. be, and I speak from my own experience, you can be quite persuasive. I can be. However... I don't do very well when I'm left to my own devices. I, I, I like having a good, reasonable, sound mind to guide me in the right direction. Norman's been very helpful in that regard. Um, yes. You know, after, after that whole business with my ex, and I was a bit lost for a while, and... Well, I, it's good to have someone else to kind of look out for me. And might I be so bold as to ask... Do you not think that this group of individuals you find yourself accompanying, do they not look out for you? Maybe I retire a bit. Hmm. It's curious because the reason I asked you here, the reason I figured you might be very be... different people, Swift. A lot of them, I mean, Ogan's sweet, but he's filthy. I've no intention of spending that much time around. Oh, the hairy creature. The small little yes. dog thing. Yes, I mean, very, very pungent. I agree. Yes, and Cody, and well, I mean, she's the most untrustworthy thing I've ever come across. Um, Aritir, as I said, sweet. I don't know the monk, and Norman is my best friend. Indeed, and but you, you seem to have gotten to know them quite well, so to even give this kind of a account of their character, and you've travelled this far, I'm, I'm at a loss to wondering if you're fighting two minds as to whether you should or should not be involved in all of this. You keep telling people, or me in particular right now, that you want to leave and go, but yet you still stay. Well, like I said, I don't know where else to go, really. I wanted to go home, but apparently I can't. And, um, well... The other, the alternative was the creepy city of bones that my ex-husband built for me, and that was horrible, terrible place. Yes, that um, doesn't sound very. No, confusing. no, no. It was actually, you know, there were rooms were actually not that bad. Some of them were all right, but the vibe was just off. Um, but um, honestly, I kind of just wanted to go home to my mommy and daddy and um, just live yes. a very comfortable, happy little life again. Well. But I don't want to work for it. I just want to be there. I see. Well, that might put a stop in some of the plans, I suppose. But I have come into possession of some information that uh -huh. maybe 
maybe you're not the person to give it to, I suppose. I was under yeah. the impression that you were here willingly and were willing to fight, but clearly you don't sound like you are, and you're just a victim of circumstance. I definitely mm. am a victim of circumstance. Um, definitely that. Um, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I've got some plan Bs. I've got some some notions. They might not be exactly what the group want, but I mean, everyone's got to look out for themselves in situations like this, right? Well, currently, right now, it's all hands on deck, as the saying would go, I suppose, but your hands seem to be quite self-serving from what you're telling me. Well, yes. <laughs> um, okay, well... I... You see, what I've been put in charge of here in the city, and I've become quite adept at it in the last month or two, I am the master of spies. Right. It's what I had been doing in a past life, one could say, and my network has uncovered some information. But I'm at two minds now to disclose it to yourself and maybe speak to one of your colleagues. I mean, it's up to you. Like I said, I'm not working against them either. It just I'm just not exactly willing to die by their spider side, you know? I can still give them the info, but... Um, well, the information is... Well, I suppose it... It turns out that we have the location of the supposed necromancer. Oh, yeah. And a couple of his followers... Um, it is believed that the former Viceroy was trying to escape to Breshton. Mm. So I sent a couple of people, of my people, to investigate the town, all that was left of it. As it mm. currently sits as a crater mm. in the landscape of our realm. Yeah, pretty grim. And in the absence of Breshton, something is growing in its place. Oh. From the mines below, there seems to be a large configuration of crystalline, one can only say buildings of such, or dwellings, that seem to house a substantial amount of, of, of an armed force that has been led by this necromancer, who is right. at this very moment there. And, okay. and you weren't here for the original battle that we had to face um, and we very nearly, nearly we nearly lost but at the last minute something happened you see we were attacked by what we thought were the main forces of this necromancer they were a, a horde of crystalline entities upon closer inspection seemed to have been infected populace of Breshton right and we managed to capture one or two of them. And they okay. have been, we have been studying them in one of the laboratories in the, in, in the depths of, of the dungeons that we have here. And at the climax of the battle, something strange happened. Mm -hmm. They all buried themselves in the ground. Relatable. Go on. And 
stopped fighting. They literally buried themselves. It confused everyone. We did not expect it. We were, we were trying to fight off a horde. And then the guards, myself, I was on the East Battles, commanding one of the forces. Yeah. And I look out and just saw them digging and then covering themselves in dirt and muck and the bodies of their fallen comrades, I suppose, or fellow horde members. Mm. They're still out there. Buried. Okay. And what these spies have that came from Breston have told me is that there is still more of them there that seem more empowered with this red crystalline energy. So you can understand why the city is on edge because we still have an army of enemies on our doorstep, literally mm -hmm. buried on our doorstep. Mm -hmm. And with the information that this necromancer is so close, we have two options. We can strike now and hope to take him out, or we can try and destroy this army where they lay, in the very ground of Terrace Moor. I see. But from what you're telling me, this may not be something that you yourself may, may want to undertake. And I, I may see. have to speak to your colleagues and see if they wish to. Well, clearly the captain would have to be Yes, well, Arabi is very, she's very good at this sort of thing. She'll, she'll know what to do. She's very good at the hitting and the fighting, and she looks very good doing it. It's very impressive. Um, but as for me, I have, honestly, I would just flip a coin. So I'm not exactly going to be the most helpful when it comes to this advice. So if, to be honest, I thought you were inviting me in here for a bit more of a social physical catch-up and uh um, i i think we were both misled in our in our findings i i believed you to be an active physical member of your group considering how much you helped in the fight with the captain of the guards I yes, was mistaken. That, was, that was a very very long time ago and the thing is that was yesterday of... <laughs> wait what oh that one what did I do in that fight? I don't know if I did much. He charms the captain <laughs> of the guards. Oh, that charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and basically <laughs> stood them still so everyone else could just go... Yes. And then they died. Teamwork shame him. You made them dance on... You, you, you basically yeah. made the captain of the guards, this giant Goliath person, well, dance yeah. on the spot and was, then I your colleagues about... took them down. You were, ex you were extremely vital in that fight so well, I, was just very, very, I was very tired and exhausted from all the fighting and i was just sick of it all and i just wanted it all to stop so i just made him dance yes um, you, you, i think you believe me to be something i'm not swift and really? uh, i am sorry to disappoint you i my loyalties are not of this I guess 
realm, world, whatever Dacia says. I'm not. It's hard to follow these days. It's very confusing um, in parts, and this is even more confusing to me. In fairness, we haven't really talked that much, so I don't know why you think you know me well enough to judge. This is true, and I seem to have made a misjudgment completely. And it's on me yeah. for that one, for sure. I am apolog I apologize if you believe I invited you in here for more than just a conversation. Yeah, um, no. He good. waggled his carafe. He waggled his carafe. We all saw it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Perhaps... you were... You appear out of a bedroom door with two glasses of wine and go... Mm -hmm. This isn't a bedroom. This is a library. This is the private library of what used to be the vice library. Library, bedroom, whatever. <laughs> you can do it anywhere if you're brave enough. <laughs> clearly, clearly. And that carafe could be anything if we're brave enough. But that being said, I made mistakes. You made mistakes. Mistakes were made. I've made misjudgments. On Look, everyone's character, it seems. Swift, I'm willing to forgive, forget, put all this behind us. Mistakes were made, fine, no misjudgments. I mean, I just, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Uh oh. I just don't really think maybe we should see each other anymore. There's clearly a big, like, disconnect in our. It says a lot for me in my own personal judgment as the master of spies that I completely misjudged your character. And I'm, I'm kind of in a moment of self-doubt right now. So yes, maybe you should go about your day the way you should go about your day in your own self-reverence. Yeah. And I should yeah. stay here and finish this wine. And at that yeah, moment... I'm going, take, I'm going to take my wine with me. That's fine. It's perfectly fine. And maybe and they should a master of spies, one who is good at judging characters. Uh, Okay. I'm just joking, I'm just joking. I'm sure you're good at your job. Quite shady. Um, and at that very moment then, you hear like a, a muffled <clears throat> from like the back of the room and a couple of the, the, the books on the shelves kind of like bang loose and then a few fall off and hit the floor with a board and flop open. And you kind of, Swift kind of is like, what the? And he looks around and like, you felt that, right? So you're telling me you're a master of spies and you've got spies investing your little spy library. That's hilarious. No, there was something happened in, in one of the adjacent rooms. There was some form of arcane explosion. And he kind of stands up and he kind of puts his wine glass, wine, uh, glass of wine down and rushes past you and then opens the door. You can either come with me or you can stay here. And I'm going to find out what that noise was. And he rushes out of the room. Um, so... Loran can decide to follow if you want. Yeah. He's going to act nonchalant about it. Like, he's not that invested. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just kind of saunter like, through the like, door. I'm doing this because yeah. I want to, not because you told me. Just kind of saunter <laughs> through, swinging the glass. Of that, the tracks, that tracks. That's perfectly in character with Loran. Um, so, we flash back to the other room, literally, and as you all find yourselves knocked off your feet, completely knocked back, uh, the, 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 the trio of you that were in the doorway are two of you, like uh, Odin and Cody, are knocked back through the doorway and out into the corridor. Arachir is knocked off her feet and um, well, not up, knocked onto her knees and kind of leaning against the doorframe uh, with the with her, her great axe keeping you up. Norman, you are completely blasted across the other side of the room <laughs> and and basically hold up against the wall. You take two points of bludgeoning damage as you mm -hmm. and your body is thrust an impact up against the firewall with a, 
and then you just slide down. Ooh, God. Um, and Talazar, you're completely knocked off your feet. You find yourself kind of skidding into a pile of ash and charcoal. Um, and it, it's a blinding light um, that fills the room. And as you all kind of come to your senses and you look up, you see this lone robed figure standing where the, the side table used to be, which has now been blown in half. And you see this male figure in dark crimson robes um, holding a staff, his, he- his head completely shaven, um, ridges across all of his face, um, and his eyes are bright red orbs. And straight away, Talazar, you recognize the form of Vestibus as he stands there in front of you all. And Swift rushes into the room and about five minutes, no, two, two, three minutes later, very leisurely, Loran strolls in, still holding a glass of wine. (laughs) Vestibus is looking around you all and looks down at Talazar and he's like, my friend. You have succeeded in your task. And he nods. He's got an awful creepy voice. <laughs> I'm going to growl at him. No. I agree. His voice is very creepy and unsettling. As you. <laughs> I, I, I get up and I clasp his shoulder and sing, Welcome back. It is good to be home. I want to thank you all for allowing this to happen. And I am here to help you as best I can and answer any questions you have about my involvement in all of this, as well as that <laughs> pig who just dust you to the Oh, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Darcius is here, Festivus. He is. But he has this look of disdain just spread across his, 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 his very lined face. Like he, he, you can see the age of this individual. He, like he, he definitely looks like he's been through the wars. Even though his robes are fine, uh, which are, like I said, they're deep crimson, his staff is a long wooden, um, seems to be bent, bent crooked in certain places. And with a large kind of red orb encased in like what looks like a clasped wooden hand at the top. And um, his hand gripped around it, bony fingers, and um, a long, kind of rugged face. Like he, he like at one point he was a handsome individual, but the years have started to take their toll. And um, deep lines across his forehead, and um, his large red, like pure solid red eyes. And, and kind of high cheekbones that they kind of sink slightly into his face. Uh, he, he has a kind of a very prominent nose um, and, a, and a thin mouth that kind of stretches across his face. Um, he, he, he looks like he's seen a lot of shit, basically. To be fair, yes. We find ourselves in a situation that must be acted upon quickly if we are to survive. What, the re- what, what did the rest of you do at this point? I just want to know, know what Swift's um, reaction is to seeing Festivus. Swift is like just looking back and forth and with a look of complete shock on, on his face. He, he hasn't, he's kind of taking everything in, looking around the chamber, looking at this individual that's just appeared in the thin air. Um, and roll and in, well, your passive insight on, will be on this will be, or is it your perception? 
And um, roll, roll an inside check for me there, yeah. um, Talibur. Inside. That's not great. 11. Your inside is plus three, so we can tell Your passive yeah. inside is 13. No, no, my... Oh, my... Oh, passive insight is 13, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So I, I rolled 13, I was looking at an investigation. Granted. Um, so you you can see an obvious look of distrust across Swift's face, um, but he's taking everything in, and he has kind of taken a step back, is looking around at the group, um, that, and including Aratir, that the city is now entrusted, its safety in, seems to have now summoned this individual, who, upon hearing the name Vestibus, is, is very much, what the fuck? Um, Vestibus has then basically said, like, he'll answer the questions, we need to move quickly. So what are the group doing at this point? Uh, I ask uh, Talazar where he thinks we're going next. It's Vestibus who has to guide us now. He got me to this point. I'm just the same as you. Vestibus, what is the next step here? I need to discover what, what do you know? You have been told many a story, many a tale that may not collaborate with each other, but the situation we find ourselves in right now is dire. Kobal is close. He is nearby and controls a vast army of pure concentrated evil. And my investigations tell me that Skranik is here on this realm and is helping Kuval to achieve his final goal of shaping this world the way he sees it, which will eradicate all life, which snuff us out in an instant. Why this realm, Bestwas? Is it every realm ultimately? Why this one in particular? This world was created through a arcane mishap, if you will. Okay. A situation arose following a battle with Skranik, and Kuval switched sides, and we were transported here. Myself and Trevelyan were changed, made immortal, forced to watch this creature try and infest this pocket universe and create their own world. I fought back. I created this. And he gestures all around at the, generally the room, but he, I created tells more out of nothing. I built a safe haven for the individuals that found themselves living here, unwillingly forced to be transported to this world from a large chunk of what was our previous plane of existence. They were transported here against their will and forced to live in this world. I gave them Telesmore. I brought them here, built this city, and kept them safe. Trevelyan, in his hubris, believed he could fight against Kuval and make right the wrongs he had created. He went off and tried to find inventions that were willing to sacrifice themselves and fight this evil. He failed multiple times. And only now, with all of you, have we gotten to a point that we may stand a chance. 
although I believe it is a slim chance. Why do you believe us to have a chance? What resources do you think are available to us? It is not. <laughs> but it seems to be whatever brought you together, your ability to overcome great peril, as well as the you have already, and I have watched. I sent you on a path to the place called Hendrix Point to test you. And forgive me for doing such a thing, but it was necessary to see. You, you quelled one of Koval's disciples, the demon or lesser demon known as Valak, was one of his followers. And you vanquished him. Many have tried in the past to vanquish Valak and force him into the light to show what the creature he really is. But, but none have done what you have done. Wait, my Valak. Indeed. Um, would, would you say our greatest strength is teamwork glares at Lorana Norman? <laughs> glares. Have we ever been anything? Like, what have we done to, like, you know, we've never broken up the party or or not, gone against the interests of the party? Well, not for lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> I say, now is not now is not the time for any petty squabbles or any petty infighting. We need now to unite. You don't even know us. You Who don't, are you? You don't even go here. <laughs> the two of you saw me lose a fucking arm and get no, thrown through a fucking portal. Well, tell us that, please be peaceful. Be peaceful. <laughs> we, need to, we need to stick together on this one, and I need you to be cohesive. You have an arm, though. Look at it. It's right there. You've clearly got two. The unification you're asking of us, you and Talazar are asking of us, you're the bad guy at the moment. We're going to have hell of a job keeping you're on our side. Um, this is true. Yeah, I, you are definitely that evil guy, right? I, I am not evil. I have you undertaken some... Is. I have undertaken some questionable choices, for sure. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah, and I, I did my makeup to look like the dog from The Shining, so that was the choice. <laughs> <laughs> In this world, it is not all black and white. There is a lot of grey. And I live primarily in the grey area. Fifty shades of it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Skranik on the bad side. We've got Festivus on the good <laughs> side. Yeah, we've got Brevik. Uh, mm. Brevik is Festivus's. Brevik is Festivus's yeah. right hand man. Yeah. He is the Riker to Picard. Yes, is he coming back for this? You don't know. Um, yeah. So, um, Vestibus turns to all of you, kind of gesturing outward. He's like, I totally understand that you do not trust me. 
And I do not ask you to fully trust me. Please be on your guard at all times. But I don't I, miss you. I, I, I am coming here to you now with my hands open. I am offering you my help to quell Koval. So we need to quell Koval. That could be a t-shirt. Who knows? <laughs> right now, he is the one threat to this universe. And if all of you want to return to a peaceful time, and he looks over at Norman and Moran and return home, the only way we can do that is by stopping him and Slavic. They are the reason for all of this. And you can either trust Trevelyan, or you can try and trust me. I offer my help, I offer my information, and I offer my power to you and to your cause. Right, but the thing is, you're all like, oh, we could have a chance because of us, and blah, blah, blah. But like, why don't we go on a big old recruiting campaign and get people who are way more qualified? Like, you know who was very good at things? Arun. I think we should get him back. And um, <laughs> Of course like, you Laurent. Well, he was very good and he came with a crew. That's just a bonus. Mm. Um, and oh, the little one was very good, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> the one you styled. Yes. What a lovely little chap. Um, and I mean, Aritir, you've probably got other buff friends that you do buff things with. And like... Oh, Cody probably knows someone trustworthy people. I don't know. The monk probably does something. Certainly. <laughs> it depends. And can rally up all of the wildlife and it'll be really cool. And then oh, they can all do all the heavy lifting. As long as you don't have to do it, right? Yes. You're just afraid of what might happen if we fail. Well, I'm not afraid of it. I'm aware of it. Do you not think it's worth a chance for you to go home, Laurent? I would like to, for sure. But like I said, I just think we're thinking too small. I don't see where it has to rest on our shoulders. Why can't we make this a big continent-wide thing? Recruit as many people as possible. We're... We're our chances. We're we're the devil you know at the moment, Laurent. And we're a pretty formidable team. I remember you in that arena that time. It was pretty good. Which time? Uh, the, the time, time you played dead. The time yeah. I played dead. Yeah. yeah, and didn't take part in the fight. Mm. Well, uh, I we won. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, knowing well knowing <laughs> knowing your strengths is uh, is. I won, and <laughs> the rest of you followed. Uh, um. Listen, uh, listen. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll kill whoever I have to kill to get off of this place. So, I mean, um, I do believe, yeah. Norman, that you are a man after or creature or entity. I, I do not know. Hot I, teen. A what? A hot teen. A hot teen, indeed. Um, so, I believe that is the correct attitude to have. It's a means to an end, for sure. And I understand. Any distrust to me from my way. But again, I, no mistrust towards you. Literally <laughs> have no idea who you are. Not the faintest. Don't give a shit. You're, look, I'm just going to level with you. I know you think I'm just trying to worm my way out of this stuff. And like, fair. Are you not? I am sometimes. But I mean, 
I've been told by a lot of powerful people to kill other people because it's the right thing to do. And it's, that didn't work out great for me, as the rest of you can see, you know, with the whole X guy. So forgive me if I'm not exactly happy to jump into this strange ghost man telling us that we need to kill this person to save the world. I, so, I am not yeah. a ghost man. I am perfectly, I'm totally podium. And he pokes himself in the chest. I am very solid. You're focusing on the wrong part of what I just said. But all right. Oh, it's fun though. Yeah. Um, at this point, Swift is like, I seem to be in a room of crazy people. Um, might I ask, your Vestibus, the Vestibus, the king, the individual that ruled for hundreds of years and seemed to be doing it with an iron fist of some sort. Oh, keep um, up, my spies. Loran, your yes. boyfriend's kind of dumb as Oh, shit. he's not my boyfriend. No, we ended things. It's a whole... Ugh. Yeah, good for you. I, I can do better. You can. Indeed. And <laughs> so, you're that Vestibus, and you're here now, all of a sudden, offering your help. And Vestibus kind of looks around and like, I... I'm that Vestibus, yes, but when you believe I was the king who ruled with the United States, I was preparing the realm for this exact situation. You have the guards in the city because of what I did. You have an army that was able to propel or repel this horde of crystalline entities, which, if I'm not mistaken, are still outside your city. Now, that is the first time the majority of you are hearing that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's keeping them out? Oh. Somebody, uh, somebody called Swift. You're not very quick on the uptake. We broke Wayne. I'm gonna have to get a medieval version of the Who and we'll just put it in the music in the background there now. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um. One might say that he is definitely not a pinball wizard. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> so, so, can I ask a question? You can. Um, are you saying that you're the reason those uh, uh, red spider thingies outside are uh, buried in the ground and not in the city attacking us? No, I am not the reason. Um, it seems that the timely arrival of Dazi's Trevelyan here in this city. It put the attack on hold. Koval was aware of the arrival. His dimensional prison that Trevelyan was being stored in was breached and Koval pulled his forces back because of it. Must be oh. the reason why they're not in the castle. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Sorry. So uh, because we went through that portal then, we kind of stopped them attacking. Ooh. Your, your arrival. I don't know about Scottish there, though. <laughs> your arrival happens. Did, indeed stop them from attacking the city. And now that I am here, the two forces that Koval... I would like to say fears the most in Tennis Moor will give him pause for sure. 
Where's Kroval now? Um, as far as I'm aware, he's just north of here. How many people are in this, um, as you said, weird pocket dimension that got created by mistake? What's the population of this world? Um, the entire, I do not know, I do not know the number of the, of the entire population. Ballpark, at least, I, I want to say, four million individual life forms or so forth. Okay, and why, why are we like the only 20 who know about what's going on? Um, because the population don't choose, like, it is the situation. We will not have to, like, the, the inhabitants of Tennis Moor know that there's a war on. The people that live here are aware that there's a war of some supernatural nature. There is an army of strange zombies attacking. You are aware of it because you are at the front line. You are chosen by, by Cervellian to be part of this. Cervellian's fault we're here. Yeah. Very much so, yes. Something which which he admitted to, in fairness. Something um, I remember of Trevelyan. Did he not say that we that this isn't the first time we as a group have tried this? Or no, it's not. It's not the first time that he has tried this. So he has had many adventuring groups try to to do what you are doing now, but none have gotten as far as you have gotten as you've gotten. Some have followed at the first hurdle. Some have followed at the second or third hurdle. You are have actually threads, you say. Shitty groups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really shitty groups. Like, you know, unbelievably dysfunctional. Awesome all level one, all level one characters. Um, like, real bad. Like, real bad. Um, so yeah. How much time do you think we have? I direct at him. <clears throat> it is hard to say. We must prepare for attack at any moment. Um, the sleeping horde outside the city may rise anytime great uh Aratir, what do you think i need to grab my soldier with the bottle yeah this uh it's uh gonna be a hell of a first day yeah uh can't wait <laughs> <laughs> um i have so- i have than just the group to worry about now. Now that I have taken up the mantle of uh, captain of the guards, I have this entire city to, to worry about. It's, it's on my shoulders um, even more so than when we started this quest. Um, Swift turns to you and says, you have the support of the council and you have the support of the inhabitants of Terrace Moor. We are here to help. It is not all on your shoulders. When we are now more free, as in, since the Viceroy is gone, the bureaucracy is gone, and we can act swiftly. No pun intended. (laughs) I think think for the sake of minimizing panic and uncertainty amongst our people and our city, I think we share information on a need-to-know basis swift i think the details of festivus and his reappearance is not pertinent to our citizens readying for an attack would you agree swift kind of looks over at you looks at festivus he's like he would be 
very much a powder keg situation for sure. Yes. Announcing him to the grand populace as being here in the city may do one of two things. Boast of the population and give them hope because he is a king or was a king known for swift action. Again, no pun intended, but swift action and harsh retribution to anyone that attacked the city and its inhabitants. But also, he did rule with fear. He did. And Vest was like, I am standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> um, I have great power at my disposal, which is at your disposal. So whatever you need me to do in order to stave off this attack, I will do. I am here to protect the city and its inhabitants. I give you my word for what it is worth. Tamasar is looking kind of pensive at the minute, but he speaks up and he says, a great philosopher once said that life needs things to live. Who are we but not the best people in this city right now to help make that true? We need to unite. We need to stop this fight from ever happening. And if we move swiftly, again, no pun intended, <laughs> we can end this fight and we can bring proper peace. People who need to go home, who want to go home, and he looks at Loran and he looks at uh, Norman, they can get to go home. We have an opportunity here. I agree. Let's grasp it. We unite or we will fall. Again, I have no issues with the whole, you know, uh, tackling the greater evil thing. But I'm just, I just, I don't know. If there's like four million people in this world and not like uh, uh, 20 of us know exactly what's going on. Oh. 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 That, that is a dodgy freeze frame from Norman. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you did the Rudy Giuliani on this one. It <laughs> does. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. He's just talking. He's just talking. That's all he's doing. He's talking. Guys. Like, you guys froze for you, a you brief froze moment. Half, half speech there, around. It was getting good, and you were like, ah, you were good. Good. Also, your freeze face, you looked like you were mid-sneeze. Oh. <laughs> And also, Roy looked like he was grasping his mini. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. Somewhat. <laughs> he was talking. What? No, what I was saying was, I'm just saying, like, these people have a right to know that there's an impending threat to their entire world. Keeping them in the dark is... I is it, they know, don't they? Don't they know that there's a threat. If, if we, Let me put it to you this way. If, if we want to yeah. solve panic... Yes. If you tell the entire population of the world that world is ending, you will cause chaos. Right now, the majority of the population of this entire existence is not aware that their very existence is in danger because it is not all over the realms. There are pockets of incidents happening that all add up to a greater trend. You have seen some of them in your travels, but there are other situations that are, are not having been witnessed. You're just going to let them die quietly then and not I, give them any kind of a heads up. The point of this is not to have anyone die. We are here to stop all of this. No, no, no. Again, the autism is it's fucking lovely. But as you said yourself, 
there's only a slim chance of this working. So we need to accept that there is a reality where this is not going to work. And I mean, I would like to let people know in my, if, if I had last moments and if I knew the world might end in like a week, I'm like, oh, cool. I'll go see that. You know, my mom, who I haven't seen in six months, I better, you know, feed my cat. I better catch up with old friends. Like, people should live their last moments the way they want to live their last moments. Loran, would you like to have to make your way to the battlefield through throngs of people running to their parents' house? I, well, I, I'm sure plenty of them would want to help in the battle. If we but do things right, they won't notice anything. If we do things wrong, the thing that was going to happen right now, with or without us, will happen. So, I mean, for someone who tends to not give a shit about anyone, you chose a very strange time to get all uh, kumbaya at us uh, about people's dreams and wishes. No, I just don't like when all these fucking all these like higher beings are like yes we're all fighting our higher being god wars and we're not going to tell all the little people about it that's kind of what happens when gods fight yeah it sucks no this offense. happens all the time in the the, the farmer in the field is not aware of the fight that is happening 200 miles away he continues mm -hmm. to farm his field ignorant to the goings on of the higher beings but in the grand scheme of things he will continue to sow his field but if you tell this farmer that the world may end tomorrow due to the goings-on of these higher beings, what is he going to do? He's not going to run off and fight anymore. He's a farmer. But you expect he us to, despite me just being a fucking bard. But you You're a pretty adventurous bard. You, again... He could be an adventurous farmer. <laughs> that is your character for campaign two, the adventure farmer. The adventure <laughs> farmer, yes. Oh my god. Hello, I'm Jeff, the adventure farmer. I'm out my hole. Um, oh, I, <laughs> I want to make it even more useless and uh, obsolete character than Laurent. That would be difficult. That would be very difficult. <laughs> put down my plow, picked up a sword. <laughs> Don't know what I'm supposed to do now. I have no but idea what's going that. on, but I'm here and I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody just sounds like fucking Paddy McGuinness. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Lighty, lighty. Oh, no. um. <laughs> Speaking of fucking useless. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I suppose oh. there has to be comedy for everybody, right? I think hmm? I just picked Koval's voice. No, I haven't. Um... <laughs> Abby, it's a real world, and you better like it, right? <laughs> Everyone's going to suck down on red crystals. But that's the thing, the, the, that kind of subverts expectation. It does. Uh, Ryan looks lost. What's coming in Ryan's voice? Ryan's voice? Uh, we, were com we were silently comparing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. I thought um, we didn't have much time to do I this. know. Laurent has gotten very, very, very chatty. Can we and move? There's also, like, the fact that if you're going to... I don't believe what's going on because I have no idea what's going on, even though you've told me. <laughs> um, how are we going to be able to tell how many people... many millions of life is on this plane? Four million. How we can't get it across to, to you, Loran. person that what? they're not on their place they should be, let alone oh. four million. 
the the universe is be dead. this particular plane of existence has happened has been here for a couple of hundred years so you're talking about a couple of generations of people that have lived here and have known nothing else the first couple of generations were aware that they were transported to a realm that is outside of their original plane of existence they then chose to survive and have bred and had families and lived on so you are now in and, and since that beginning of that particular point in time Dacius Trevelyan has been trying to get a bunch of adventurers together to quell whatever's happening. Sometimes it's been certain levels of success where he's had back the, the fight, but in the same instance, Vestavus was here building Terrace more as a, as a kingdom, building it up as a kingdom. Then other realms, other sections of, of the world built up, like Hendrick's Point with all the pirates who became traders and merchants. All of that happened over the centuries of this existence happening, the existence being. Certain individuals like Norbert and Loran were transported here through different circumstances, were brought into this realm of existence, through the planes, through, through, across different planes of existence and into this world. And at this particular moment in time, it's starting to come to a head. And as Trevelyan and now Vestavus and Talazar have informed the group that things are starting to move into place, that Quval may actually win this war. And it's at this particular moment in time, you can either decide if you wish to be part of it or don't wish to be part of it. And just basically sit here and look at it all unfold. That is the choice that is in front of you now. Well, I, for one, am going to be part of stopping Cabal. Wift, you too. We need to I'll make... do whatever I can do. Whatever right. I've been doing, I'll do better. Maybe. Maybe you should tell, or rather show Swift, that rather be Festivus, the man who apparently ruled with an iron fist, that you are. Also, Gregor, who ruled with a soft one. Swift kind of looks and turns like, what was that again? The best of us kind of gestures and waves his hand and his appearance changes. And before you see this slender, meek individual dressed in a blue robe with, with a fur collar and a, a kind of a tight, tight trimmed beard and long wavy brown hair um, and a, a gold circlet crown around his temple. He kind of bows his head and speaks in a softer voice towards Swift. Like, I am King Gregor, the brother of Vestavus, and I have ruled in his stead for the last hundred years. I was, by proxy, Festivus, and have led this kingdom through prosperity. So any doubts you have on Festivus, you have doubts on me, for we are the same individual. And then with a wave of his hand again, he changes back, and you see him back as Festivus. And Swift is just like wide-eyed, he's like, so you mean to tell me that you are the same individual, same person, as King Gregor, that was Vestibus. You, you ruled even though you weren't here. And Vestibus kind of like nods. It is the reason why Kanek the Black was needed, but I was unaware of his corruption up until recent years. He helped me keep Tennis more alive. And it was with a very heavy heart that I discovered his deception. He kept me from this kingdom and banished the entity that was Gregor, choosing to rule in his stead. 
making you all believe that Gregor had been sick for the last decade or two and pointing the city in the direction he wished it to go. By proxy, pointing in the direction he wished that Kruval wished it to go. He sent you all to Breshton to bring its downfall and to let the red, the red menace that was this plague eke into the kingdom. I was not able to stop you. But in part, you were. Which is why I believe you are able to do it now. Whether you choose to be part of it is your choice. Whether you wish to sit on the sidelines or help in the very far background. But something must be done or this entire realm will fall into what can only be described as a hell on earth. The thing is, realistically, even even if we fail, the, the way I would put it is, as, 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 I mean, I've made up my mind because as far as I'm concerned, it's either I, what did you say? We've got a very short amount of time. So it's either, although we seem to be spending enough of it prattling on. So maybe, and I kind of like look a festivus, you know, like chop, chop. <laughs> um, but um, the thing is, it's either I personally die here or I die when the plane falls apart. Even if we fail, there's what, 4 million people on this planet? That's not actually that many in the grand scheme of things. So what, you know, what do we have to lose? Planes, a hundred planes are born and die every second. These, these people, eh, whatever. If we fail, eh, we gave it a go. Doesn't matter. 4 million deaths, they're not going to remember. So fuck them. Um, well, it was about time that we got Norman's but the buzzing of flies speech. And I, I actually, I hate to say this, but I agree with you, Norman. <laughs> this could be a giant stand or it's just a blip and we tried, you know? Why, 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 why wait for the world to be swallowed up under our feet? I agree. And Let's regardless of the end result, and the main reason I'm taking part is because uh, either way, I will never have to see it again. So I w- it's a win-win. Essentially, I'd just rather it be the sort of win where I am alive at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do our best. We'll do our best for you, Norman. Really, oh, I mean that. Really. You don't have to say anything. It's okay. I, I, but I, I really <laughs> like saying things. You really like what? Saying things? I, really like saying. I have a lot of uh, comments. We've been new, sis. To talk to you in your own language. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Vestibus is like, if if you wish for me to accompany you around the city as you make plans, I can disguise myself as somebody who could pass. Um, I do not need to look as opulent as I look now. Oh, you should disguise oh. yourself as a rune. He was really cool. I mean, <laughs> could you describe this alone character to me? I really could. <laughs> we have not. I promise you, we do not have time, Vestas. I would just decline this particular one because I think you're going to uh, turn into some giant body pillow. So let's just get moving. Look, if you want me to come along, I'm allowed to have my little comforts. <laughs> okay. Talisar doesn't know a rune. Oh, no. you should. He's wonderful. 
And I, I, this sounds like a very interesting character. He seems to be much loved amongst you all. I, I, I think maybe that would be the best thing to do if I could disguise myself as whoever this alone character is. Yes. Okay. So he's like, he's like nearly seven feet tall and like really fucking strong, like big, big, like he could really like carry you comfortably in, in his big arms and like you would feel very safe. Okay. And, um, <laughs> Um, seven feet they, tall might on. be a, I might stand out a bit if I'm seven feet tall. Yeah. Could I, could I make it a more compact version of this individual? Well, he is a half orc, so, and he's oh. one height. And well, I'm... I'd say I'll do about six and a half, let's see. Then I could easily, yes. And he kind of, you see that there's a gesture of his staff, and his, you see his form change. And before you, you see, uh, not as tall, but pretty much the, uh, definitely an overbuffed version of the description of a rune as Loran would see him. <laughs> um, Loran, that's all cannily accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you see that the half-orc form now, like, and the muscles seem to glisten extra special. And there's there's something about his smile and his, his cheekbones are slightly higher and his eyes twinkle a little bit more than your, 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 your Cody and Aris here and Ovid s- remember. So um, tired of the male gaze. <laughs> and no, it's, it's like, good. Trust me, it's it's pretty good. I only have like, one one minor little thing. Yes. The bulge needs to be a bit more full. Um, <laughs> kind of, the rest of us looks down. And roll, roll, roll a persuasion check for me, please. I'm just going to put an arm on Talazar's shoulder because this is no chat for a cleric. That'll be a 20. I, I, I'm bad. I've seen worse. No, not a natural 20. Just a 20. Um, okay. Future encounters with bards. Um, so, um, Vestimus kind of just shrugs his shoulder and without gesturing, you just see the bulge just starts to... The cod piece very much becomes a large portion. It um, was a talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meaty fucking talk now. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Vestibus uh, uh, now slash around is like, I do believe I will be able to pass unnoticed in this guy's people. Yeah, can you do his voice as well? <laughs> this is my voice. I, I do not no, know how this individual speaks. What, what is what was his voice? I'm not. I don't plan on speaking a lot. He was very, like, commanding and serious, and he was like, Oi, you go do that, and Oi, you go do that, and Lord, stop touching my butt. Wayne, please do it. Please do a duck impression, please. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Say basically a lot, and irregardless. (laughs) Right. Be generally annoyed, but also really sweet somehow. I really dislike the use of the word irregardless. Yeah, live with it. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, Red hot, not grammatically correct. <laughs> things I do for you people. Um, you uh, right. Problems on purpose. Right, irregardless. This is that thing, y'all, right? You want to go? Oh my god. Lean go. Does this sound like in any way, shape, or form? Is this the way you sound? That- that is perfect. It's not bad. Right. It's not bad. Let's go. Just fucking let's go. <laughs> oh, I'm in, guys. This is gonna be great. Oh, you are so you are in you are in the army now, my friend. 
Okay, so the group kind of gathers together. And are you start? You're going to start making your way. Uh, what, what do you want to do at this point? What's the plan here? Okay, um, let's go find Kuval. You said he's north, right? Swift. What have you heard of Kuval's forces and of Kuval himself? Actually, I, I have given this information to Iran, but clearly I think it was the wrong person to give it to. But um, well, I didn't my... get a chance to tell them because you were all like, oh, look, it's Vestivus. Okay, Loran, you have the floor. Oh, no, he can tell you I wasn't listening. I was drinking wine and thinking we were going to have sex. That checks out. Um, well, and he kind of did, not so much dejected, but very tired. Swift kind of just rubs his forehead and is like, my spy network has uncovered the fact that Koval is actually camped north in the remains of Gresham in a now newly rebuilt town or city that literally looks like a giant crystalline structure of red crystal. He is commanding his horde and forces from that base of operations. But the problem is, as Vestivus has told you, the attacking armies that were here previously are still here. They are buried in the ground outside the city, waiting dormant. They are not active in any way. We've had multiple watches on them. And Aratir, you would have remembered this yeah. from the notes of the guard, the head captain of the guard, that there is notes in the captain of the guard's uh, journals that the, the armies did bury themselves or, or literally stopped fighting uh, at a moment's notice and dropped to the ground and started to tunnel and all buried themselves deep in the ground mm -hmm. just before the arrival of a large silver dragon that just appeared out of the sky, out of nowhere. And um, Swift then turns and says, if you wish to travel northward to Gresham, by all means, my worry is the armies outside and what they might do if anyone tries to leave. Can we deal with them first? Their numbers were greatly diminished upon the attack. I would guess there was maybe easily 500 to 600 left on a very rough guesstimate of what was left and what buried themselves in the ground. Well, if we're worried about the armies waking up if somebody tries to leave, why don't we just go out through the secret tunnel the three of us have left through before? Yeah, <sighs> that way they won't see us or hear us. And, there are, and then go to that place he's at. That is an option. And he kind of swift looks up at the, the wall and I see it's one of Arduin's many secrets, exits, and entrances into the city. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Because obviously, if we take him out, that's one person we have to take out, as opposed to an entire army. So it'll be quicker. And that way people can get home. Um, Vestibus turns is like, look, if you wish to go, and you don't want to stay here. That's fine. Right? Well, I'll fucking stay here. And no, you have to come. All right. But the problem is, is that you have to protect the city. And that is why I should stay. But you're, you're their fighter. The monks are here to help protect the city. I can Vestibus, instruct the Vestibus, turns, Vestibus turns to you and looks, oh, you brought the monks. 
Oh, yeah, he, he brought the monks what? <laughs> Doc is going to kill me. A hundred strong. Welcome, there's only one of them. Yeah. A hundred strong are currently residing in the city, ready to help protect it. A hundred monks. A hundred monks is worth easily two thousand men. The city Wift. is protected. Wift, can I leave the city in your hands as you have suggested? And I will help my friends take out the ball. Swift kind of looks like we are safe by the sounds of it. If there are a hundred monks here now, then they are fighters. Matched with the guards, we can take care of ourselves. Right now, everything is done. The hordes are not moving. They are literally very deep. Yeah. There's nothing we have to worry about for now. But they might become something we have to worry about. And he gives you, he has a, take this, and he hands you a small disc. It's like a, kind of a flat disc with a, what looks like a pearl in the center and there's like runes around it. Um, if you wish to contact me immediately, press the central section and it is a direct line to me. And it will inform us of either your success, or if needs be, I can communicate to you through this. Okay. Um, but yes, by all means, if you need to either attempt, and it is if, maybe, you wish to do this, by all means go, if it, it will mean an end to all of it. I will inform the rest of the council, and we will hold the line here. As best we can. Okay. So Vesta was like, well, if you want me to go with you, I can go with you. <laughs> I think we could do with your help, Vestavis. Loran has already taken his hand and is like, yeah, come on. Um, uh, <laughs> um, okay. All right. Um, can I ask, what of Trevenian? If he's here and he knows... Oh, fuck that guy. It might be useful. What's Festivus. your opinion, Festivus? I live here. He's not going to be any use to us on the road. He can protect them here with his poultry parlor tricks. Even be so. He's not worth your effort. Where's the... Ease his bruised ego. Prick. <laughs> so where is the where is this secret passage out of the city and Swift kind of just looks at you yeah. in the eye and as he's looking directly at you he points to the gaping hole in the ceiling <laughs> in, the, in the wall right next to you and he's like um I not, no, monks, wasn't aware when we came into I the thought room thought you monks are meant to be a perceptive type um, that's not a pain Swift don't recruit him for your spies he's crap <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm no um, spy master. Um, so the, you look up and on the wall, you can see there's a massive opening, um, kind of scorched around the edges, and there's burnt sections of, of a wall and stuff. But it's a, clearly it's an opening into a tunnel. But Is enough about Loran's you... anus. <laughs> Only for a rune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there... Scorch, scorch marks, bitch. <laughs> oh. Ew. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's the name of the episode oh. right there. Um, <laughs> episode 13, Scorch Max. 
Jay um, was doing absolutely fine until I fucking walked in from work. Sorry, everyone. Around <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of Chaos. Yeah. Can I say, if we need to be quick, we can go now, or if you need to gather supplies or make any arrangements, I'm ready to go whenever. What did the group want to do? Ready to rock? Me too. I'm always ready. Okay. I've got all the supplies I need right here. <laughs> Why didn't we think of this earlier? This is the Do greatest Loran recruitment tool ever. Swift, before we go, the are, the, stick are there any stores of any kind of healing potions or, or anything that may help? Well, there, we do have our, our pocketaries have been putting together as many potions as they can over the last week or two following the battle, but um, I'm sure we could um, spare two arms. and keep the rest for should there be a fight for the larger control in the city. Um, give me a few minutes and Swift leaves quickly uh, at the door. Um, and so the group are left there, um, Festivus in his room form, um, holding Loran's hand as the group all stand around <laughs> together. <laughs> um, what like is there anything you need to do here at this point? Do you want to talk to each other about anything? Do you want to say anything, or is you just okay. prepping yourselves to get on the road again? What did you say, Norm? Said fuck no. You've kind of covered your bases. How far is that? The dark crystal. The what? The um tower. The dark crystal. The Breston, it's back up in the town of Breston. That's where it is. So the town of Breston has now been converted into this large crystalline dwelling. Think, think like a giant red fortress of solitude. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But you haven't seen it yet, but that's the, from the description that Swift gives you, that's pretty much what it is. I had an image of the dark crystal just planted in the middle of no, Breston. No, it's like, so everything has grown up. Just give it a second. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So we'll how, how, long, how long travel again? can't remember. Well, it's the town of Breston, so you're talking at least a couple of days. About two days max. Two days, Max. I need some food. Okay. Supplies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, these are all standing around, kind of just staring at each other, kind of wondering what the fuck you've got yourselves into again. Tell us, are kind of. I'm yeah? going to go to the car door, grab a guard, uh, and get them to inform the kitchen to send us several days of supplies. Quick, sharp. Mm-hmm. Quick, sharp. Okay. And the guard kind of looks at you worryingly. He's like, um, Tia goes, of course, Captain. Um, and we'll do that straight away. And she rushes off, and you see her kind of go off to one side of the of the, the planning room, and she grabs one of the the, the serving um, the servants, and says, "You just see her gesturing and pointing back towards towards you as you stand in the doorway." And then the servant rushes off, and Swift then returns with a, a small satchel and hands it to Talazar, and containing it, in, you have two, um, one greater healing potion, one regular healing potion. Look like you may need to pick me up, and I hand her the greater healing potion. Aww, I'll hold on to the standard healing potion if that's okay. Okay. I um, feel guilty because I have full HP. We had a long rest. Well, right now um, you look like death. Oh, the, the, this oh, is not, the, this is should should anything happen? Okay, okay, gotcha. You look like <laughs> someone who could, who could use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. Is the nun for your good old friend? You don't it's, fucking know who I am. Swift just gives you <laughs> Swift, Swift just gives you a side eye and then just goes like I wish you all well on your travels and don't forget keep me up to date with what 
is going on. And if anything happens here, I will contact you. You can rely on me, Swift. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. We will try. Uh, and Swift kind of bows deeply and turns on his heels and leaves. As he's leaving, then he's met in the corridor, coming in the other direction, um, the, uh, 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 a servant uh, girl, kind of holding over one shoulder a large uh, knapsack. And uh, she hands it over, and it seems, as you open it, it's filled with like rations and breads and meats, dried cheese, dried meats and cheeses and stuff like that. Uh, enough for about three to four days, and uh, for this particular group, and hands it over. Um, you're all prepped. You're all ready. Yeah. Hit the road. Yes, go. Let's go. So one by one, you clamber up into the opening of the tunnels, and you start making your way down. Um. I take it whoever's leading the way it doesn't matter really at this point whoever's leading the way but just make sure go. you're going first yeah. um, Loran and Vestibus um, at the back and um, Loran obviously leading Vestibus by the hand um, and like it's just the weirdest sight to see in his current form he's actually quite big and, sh- and awkwardly pushes himself into the compact tunnel and sidles <laughs> along and as you all travel along for about 30 minutes you then come out um, into the... It's now, at this point, it's about midday, and you're out into a bright, kind of early winter's morning, a clear sky for the most of it, a sharp, sharp kind of sharpness of the air um, as you push out through um, a brush into a pathway that leads up into the side of the forest area, just outside the north part of Terrace Moor. Um, you're on the road. You're making your way north to the town of Gresham, where it used to be. Um, the familiar road to you all because you have travelled this way previously. Um, you notice that Vestibus is kind of taking it all in, not having seen this part of the realm for a very, very long time. Um, and there does seem to be a level of awe about it. Like you see, even in his Arun form, the look on his face is surprise and, and like he's home. And there is a joy to him as well. Um, oh. Happily still holding Loran's hand as he walks along, being led. Oh. Uh, with no issue whatsoever. Because he's just so distracted by this forest and road that he remembers so well, but hasn't seen in a very long time. Um, is there anything the group want to do as you travel? Uh, I'm going to talk to Talazar about, about his adventures. There's not much to say. Um, yeah, we're gonna just kind of swap philosophies for a while, and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna broaden uh, my mind a bit about what uh, things Um, is there anything you want to say to Cody, or is there anything you want to do at this point? Is there just uh, what troubles your mind, Cody? Nothing really, I just, uh, I've I feel like I've been forced to become a slightly more thoughtful person than I would have liked to have been. Um, Yeah. Mm. It's kind of forced on me though, but I, but I, I like it. It's nice feeling useful. Despite the fact that like we are literally kind of tools in this game. I, I, it feels nice to have a cause. Well, having a united cause can, offer a way to give back to a society that might benefit. Yeah. I wonder will they ever know what we've done if we do no. it right. But you'll know. Yeah. That's that's all that should matter. That's, that's all that matters for me anyway. 
I like philosophy too. Whenever I see uh, Norman and Loran being disrespectful, I just think um, a great philosopher once wrote, naughty, naughty, very naughty. That's what I think. <laughs> and, um, just you know, I think we can all relate. I think we can relate a lot. <laughs> um, also, I'm the worst. The next, just just the next time Lorana or Norman say something, just either fire back and say something along the lines of that their mother looks or is a hamster and their father smells of elderberries, or just kind of quietly nod and just say that in your head right. and let it pass. It's not bad advice. That's what you just tell us there. Cody, <laughs> now she's talking to Talazar. Just throw um, a roll, roll an attack there for me, Lorraine. No, don't actually. Don't actually. Don't oh, go on. <laughs> on. All right, fuck it. Hang on. Ah. What, what are you doing? Throw a rock at her. Uh, I will. Wait a second. Let her roll the attack first. Roll. Yeah, but it, yeah. I'm able to. Um, what's the button? As a reaction, I'm able to do deflect missiles. Yeah, let's see how it happens. I just need to find my thing. Hang on. Throwing? Is that a thing? No, just, just roll a d20 for me. Just a pure d20? Yeah, roll a d20. This is not, it's not, obviously it's not done with a heavy intent to damage. No. You're just, you're uh, just... <laughs> Don't encourage him. 12? 12. 12. And Talazar, your reaction is just to deflect missiles? Well, it, it's actually only if it attacks me. Okay, great. <laughs> But as a reactionary thing, so what we're going to do here is this is going to be a story element, okay? So, as Talazar is dispensing wisdom to Cody, you just see him flick his his, his extendable bow staff, just flicks in his hand, and and just swings through the air. And you just see, Cody barely sees it. Actually, roll a perception there, Cody, and see what's saying. Well, I've got uncanny dodge if I see her, but I don't think I do, do I? Well, roll a perception to see if you do. Okay. No, sorry, wrong one. Sorry, I rolled performance. Let me see... Okay, perception. Oh, 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 bitch! 26! <laughs> 26. So while Cody is listening to Talazar, Talazar, in the same motion, in, in a sense of chivalry, flicks open the staff. As the staff flicks out, Cody naturally just reacts and just twists and twirls. And, like, you just see this like snake movement. As she does this dance. Eye. Just this like whoop. And the rock just sails past through the air. And Talazar flicks it and hits it with his staff as it just flips off into a bush. Um, so yeah, that happened. I'm going to do this gesture. I'm just going to brush my shoulder off and keep walking. <laughs> oh my god. Like, Arun, you need to stop throwing things. I know you're excited to be out on the road, but that's just so rude. Um, you do realise my name is not Arun, really. Like I am best of us. I remember this room, yeah, but it's around it's, saying it's, that. This is so I'm like moving it in, incognito, so it's not a case of. Yeah. Well, yeah, but if people ask you your name, you can't exactly say best of us. Yeah, but you know who I am. Yeah, I know, but I'm just getting into it. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. The illusion. Arit Arit here has been like following up the rear and. Well, hey. Witness all of this, and she's just shaking her head. She's like, really? It's like, I, 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 after all this time. Hey, at least we're moving. Vesta just kind of looks around at the group in a, in a, a severe level of dysfunction. It's like, 
seriously, like the the, the Trevelyan picked the most <laughs> crappiest individuals to not get as far as you people have gotten. Like, yeah. Wow. I mean, I from what I've heard, the tales of your hero ship and who you've taken down so far was impressive. But this is a blatant joke for some parts of it. But here we well, are. Fun along the way. You can't all be serious all the time. Well, this is true, and I have been stuck in a cave in the north for the last 200 years, so this is a bit of fun, I guess. Um, yeah, and I struggled with my boyfriend. We all have struggles. Yeah, I suppose. So, the rest of the day goes, hopefully, without incident, and you make your way uh, into the evening. Ogan? I believe I, I believe I should say, um, I did know a family of hamsters, and uh, they were nice, uh, very, very nice, and they didn't smell of elderberries. <laughs> <laughs> Just to say, since we brought that up earlier. But yeah, anyway. that was very rude of you, Monk. Yeah, it was very yeah, dislike, you know. friends. They're great mothers, by the way. I should say that family was well looked after. Just, you know. What's, what's Norman of a... making of all this? Norman is just chilling underneath the shades. Uh, I, th- I think I'm actually uh, at the front of the party at this stage. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not really listening. I'm not listening to any of this. Right. That's, that's <laughs> completely normal. nonchalant. Um, so the the rest of the day and into the evening goes without really incident, and uh, it's time to make camp at the side of the road. You do find uh, kind of an, a, a, an incline into the road, and underneath a, a set of trees at the side of the forest that gives a bit of shade and cover for the evening to make your camp. Um, not shade given already today. The I to was going to say a lot of shade. Um, so you set up camp for the evening. Who's taking the watch, if anyone? I'll take the watch. Yeah. Our tier well, going to the first watch. Um, the two uh, of those. Cool. So to expedite it and to So I need both of you and um, I need both of you to roll um roll D twenty for me. Okay. Fourteen. Fourteen. Sorry, this is sorry. I should have said. Well, this is a perception check. Sorry, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Oh, sorry. Okay. Thirteen. That's fine. Nineteen. Nineteen. The evening goes by. You're both. You hear a couple of rustlings of creatures in the forest. There's nobody on the road at this stage, um, because nobody's really heading to Terrace more, um, particularly via this path, because Breston is no longer has transport between. And to and from Terrace Moor. Um, you're into your second day of travel now. You all make your way up. You get up in the morning time. You make your way just to expedite this a bit to make it go a bit quicker. Um, you're up. You're on the road again. Um, one sec now. Um, another day's travel ahead. Again, there's very little uh, on the road. Um, the day is, is, is still clear. There's a bit of hazy rain halfway through the day. Uh, nothing else seems to kind of pique your interest as the day goes on. Um, if you all roll perception checks for me, please. All of us. Yeah, everyone. Oh, <laughs> not one. Not one, Jesus. Oh. 22. 22. I got, I got 11, which considering I've got plus 7 to perception, that's shocking. Jesus. Moran, what'd you get? 8. 8. So, um, taking up the front of the group at this point, I'm actually going to roll for investors. This is okay. Um, so, uh, both Vestibus, who is at the back, uh, but has keen perception, and then um, Talazar at the front, 
you look off in the distance, Talazar, and you can see that there is a red, red haze, even in the late kind of evening um, light. This mm. kind of dark red haze is kind of off in the distance, about another half a day's travel. Um, it's coming, well, not even a half day, a couple of hours travel, actually, because you've made good time because you haven't been hindered by anything on the road. Is it the secular haze? Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> it's not a uh, so you look off and it's like this kind of bright, like, sorry, a dark red haze off in the horizon. And you know that it definitely isn't the sun because the sun is off in a different direction in the setting. And this is kind of overpowering the sky. Uh, another couple of hours travel, you now are cresting off the top of the hill. And in the distance, you can make out the shape of what used to be the town of Breston. You all look as you all kind of crest the top of this hill and stand in a line as you view your destination in front of you. Large, dark, red, crystalline shards pierce through the horizon as they all cross over. And you see this bright, glowing, red mass of crystal that has enveloped the remains of Breshton. You see large tendrils of energy shooting across the sky arcing between the tips of the tops of these crystalline structures. It's ominous. It's foreboding. And that is your destination. It lies ahead of you. And that is where we're going to end this month's episode of Podcast Days. And thank you to all the players. Thank you to our sponsors, Dublin City Comics. Check them out at dublincitycomics.ie. And don't forget to put in your answer to the question of what is the name of the main character of Jorge Salvatore's novels uh, is the drow character if that helps and you could be in a chance to win this book of Icewind Dale and the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden and uh, congratulations to our two winners of the, the Descendant to Avernus book and the Scores Get the Wild Mount we will reach out to you uh, via socials and uh, we will get them out to you as ASAP in post um, this has been Podcast Plays Dungeons and Dragons I've been your DM uh, these have been the players thank you for tuning in and we will hopefully see you back here next month for the next episode um, where we will continue our story as we descend into the re- remains of Bristol. Thank you. Woo! Good night. <laughs>